Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you if people send you the same generic conversation starters they message everyone else? Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. Uh, What is up, Gypsy Gang? Welcome to another episode of the podcast. Uh, This week, we have a really awesome podcast that I'm super stoked to bring everybody. Uh, I guess I'm stoked every week, but uh, this is definitely a cool one. Uh, With the OzX Open coming up uh, in Melbourne this year at Marvel Stadium, uh, the guys from AME have just stepped up massively. This has been a a long time coming for those guys to get Supercross in uh, basically Australia's premium uh, venue when it comes to, I guess, like stadium-wise. So yeah, we uh, we decided with that on the horizon to get the two geniuses behind AME uh, and the OzX Open, Adam Bailey and Ryan Sanderson. We decided to get those boys on the podcast. We've been wanting to make this one happen for a while, uh, but we finally got them both in the studio on the Gold Coast and uh, just wanted to give you guys like a real, I guess like a detailed behind the scenes look at exactly what it takes to bring one of these supercross events to life we talk about some of the money that it takes to get the u.s guys over um yeah just like the crazy stuff they go through to actually make these events happen so um yeah it was a really really cool one uh without our sponsors we would not be able to bring you these chats uh firstly just want to say a big shout out to a couple of supercross partners actually so it kind of lines up pretty well um <clears throat> pardon me uh, been fighting sickness all week which sucks um yeah firstly the guys at boost mobile uh you can head to boost.com.au and you can actually buy phones through these guys now so they've got their refurb phones um which i've got one uh on the way which i'm excited about um i think i saved about 400 bucks on an iphone um so yeah, you can go on their website, boost.com.au, and you can see uh, the prices and, and how much you save. They're all A1 condition, uh, refurbished phones. So no lock-in contracts on the phone, no lock-in contracts uh, with their uh, actual uh, prepaid plans. So yeah, Boost is just the, the one-stop shop. If you don't want to lock yourself into a contract, you want the best coverage on the Telstra 4G network, and you want the best deal on a phone itself. Uh, also, this episode is brought to you by the Legends at Nobby Underwear, uh, another partner of the OzX Open. Uh, you know what to do. You can head to nobbyunderwear.com.au and for $20 a month, you can get yourself a fresh pair of deadly duds in the mail every single month. It's awesome. Uh, I wore them yesterday at the Transmoto 6 Hour. 
as I have done for the last couple of years. Uh, by far my favorite underwear. Uh, I swear by them and I literally don't wear anything else. Uh, also, a big thank you to the guys at Rival Inc. Uh, Rival Inc. Design Co. Dot com, uh, and if you enter the promo code Gypsy Gang on checkout, you get 15% off uh, your entire order. Um, I just got a fresh set of graphics for my Honda 450. We're going to be doing a special kit for the uh, Screaming Eagle for the Day in the Dirt as well. Um, and you can actually buy the Gypsy Tales replica kit off those guys right now online. Uh, and then finally to the guys at MX Store, ride more. That is their new motto. Uh, and it is something that I've been trying to do. I rode last weekend and then I just rode the weekend just gone at the Transmoto 6 hour, which was amazing. Um, I'm sure I'm going to be talking about that in a little bit more detail in podcasts to come. Uh, so yeah, thank you very much to all of our awesome sponsors and thank you very much to our guests, Ryan Sanderson and Adam Bailey for bringing you an inside look at what it takes to make the Ozex Open and uh, the Auckland Supercross happen. All right, so in the studio today, uh, I got two of the homies, got Ryan Sanderson and Adam Bailey, the boys from AME. Uh, if you don't know these guys, uh, that's all right because they're kind of behind the scenes players in this whole uh, thing that we have going on in the, the Supercross world in Australia. Uh, so these boys put on the AusX Open uh, Sydney event and then Auckland and we've been trying to get this podcast together for a while and I'm super stoked that we've finally made it happen boys. So welcome into our little uh, our little dungeon. Yeah, thanks, thanks Jase. Stoked to be here. Um, so we... Uh, we, we, we definitely go like a long way back and it's really cool to see where you guys have come now with the Supercross because I think, uh, and you definitely would know this, like as soon as the new Supercross series come into Australia, it was re- like the whole thing in the industry or with the fans was like, oh, how long is this going to last? And I think this is the first time in a really long time that isn't being said. And I think that's, a credit to the way you boys have um, run for the last four years in Sydney and then with Auckland last year and then now expanding to Melbourne. So uh, as a fan and not just a friend, I'm excited to um, to say that like that whole like how long is this going to last? Just that seems to have gone away finally. Yeah, and that's awesome to hear because for us, obviously, you know, when, you, when you're so passionate about something and you're, and you're working, you know, long hours as is a whole team and, and we are putting our heart and soul into it, the last thing you want to hear is negativity or, or things like that. So, I mean, we're the biggest Supercross fans there is as well. You know, we've been around it for a long time. You know, I, I grew up, you know, being a fan and then a, as a racer. And Did you, you race some Supercrosses too, right? Yeah, for yeah. quite a lot of years. Um, tried to. I mean, uh, I wasn't the most successful, but broke plenty of bones and learnt plenty of tough lessons. But I feel like if you've got a number in your Instagram handle still, like that's like, that's the proof that Not you're Not giving hard. it up. That's the proof that you're hard. <laughs> hanging on. Yeah, yeah, hanging on to something. Oh, that's yeah. so good. Nah, I mean, you know, I, I distinctly remember watching Supercross Masters, you know, 95 or six or something and saying one day I'm going to race this, this is going to be sick and, and, you know, did it for a number of years and was lucky enough to travel around the countryside as a as a battler in the high ace fan, you know, you know how all that goes and, and yeah, loved it, loved the time with my friends and remember that, um, passion and that um, joy to be involved in racing those races like I never won main events and, and had great success at it but I really genuinely loved being involved and loved racing and loved that feeling like when the lights went out at the start and the energy picked up and the crowd we, we were making noise and stuff that, that gave me still gives me tingles now and um, when we took on this project that was something that, that 
we felt was really missing like that's something that that was missing from the sport and there wasn't that sort of energy and that excitement and and riders weren't pumped to be involved you know like like those days like i remember and, and that's what we're really trying to trying to build back and ultimately it's about that positivity and, and getting everyone on the journey you know so how did it come because i don't really i was in the states when everything really started happening and then i missed the first three years of it like i it just never lined up that i was home um so how did the whole thing come together to for you guys to even start promoting the first ozx open uh yeah i mean back back then we um and our agency ame is a sponsorship and sports marketing and content pr agency first and foremost so back then we were working with carlton dry who was a as a um you know a sponsor of motocross and supercross teams um, so we um, we were working with them and, and helping them manage their sponsorship of um, of the MX Nationals at the time and came really close with them and um, they asked us actually to pitch an idea for a, a major event concept. Oh really? Yeah. So they came to us and said we want to do our own event like the Red Bull X Fighters because you know we spend so much on sponsorship if we owned our own event it would be sick. What do you think we should do? And um, they actually paid us to to come up with a concept which we um sando and i went to the the bercy event in paris um because i'd known that for a long period of time and watched it over the years as a fan and i said to and at that stage there was no indoor supercrosses going around in australia I said to sando we've got to go check out um paris it's a sick event let's suss it out and see what we can learn you know and and that's really what happened and we pitched in the ozx open which was a combination of that with bringing in freestyle motocross, which at that time as well, there was no best trick in X Games because it had been cancelled. So, yeah, that's right. So we said, let's bring in freestyle motocross best trick. Let's bring in, um, you know, all the best supercross riders from around the world and um, we'll, we'll run that and that, that'll be our pitch to them, which which we did and they loved it. Um, but the, the gentleman that was sort of leading that discussion got promoted out of his role at Carlton Dry and eventually, long story short, over a couple of years it lost it lost steam and they so said, when was this like time period wise? that that was like 13 14 yeah so, so that far back ago yeah, yeah so we we seek sort of advice on on what we should do because we were obviously disappointed that it, it didn't happen yeah, yeah. um over sort of 18 months i think it was and then we ended up getting investment and an investor to to obviously do the event ourselves um which was obviously a, a massive step for both of us but i think from my side as well seeing Bercy and seeing its success and seeing it being around for 30 odd years and just being blown away by the quality of that event and the 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 feel and the entertainment everything they had going for it um for me really sold in you know supercross at that level um is incredible and the sport deserves to be there the athletes deserve to be there but obviously it's about you know building all the entertainment around it and getting everything together and and certainly indoor um creates that atmosphere that is is truly special and something you can't necessarily replicate in an open air stadium yeah no definitely eh? and like you um i think you guys have the understanding uh and anyone that goes to america and they like go to anaheim one and it's like it's all about the rider intro opening ceremonies and it's about the fireworks and it's about like that whole 20 minutes before the first gate drop that's sort of like what makes the event and that was probably the most neglected part of every australian supercross race ever so i think um was that like a big part of the philosophy that you guys like okay we need to because the thing is like you just in my opinion you can't just sell to race fans like there's not enough 
hardcore motocross dudes that know exactly who's on the line for that first heat. Like, 50,000 sold out Anaheim Stadium. Like, how many of them are, like, hardcore fans that really know what's going on? Mm-hmm. So, it's like, was did you guys, like, having that insight, is that sort of the angle then that you worked from when you set out to create this event? Yeah, 100%. Um, I guess entertainment is driving emotion and and that goes back to you know that sort of your hair standing up on your arms and and that real energy and and that is really what was missing so that's was the our biggest focus and still is really is how do you get people so passionate and so into it that they're bubbling you know with excitement and that pumped that they just can't wait and and those us events do have that because there's that anticipation and they yeah. do have the fireworks and those things but we we sort of combined what they're doing with like a nitro circus intro to begin with you know when they were indoor stadiums and small and, and a lot of music and a lot of pyro and a lot of energy yeah. just to so that by the time the racing starts people are so amped they're already they're already yeah. stoked yeah. yeah and then we've we've done a fair bit with adjusting the formats but also adding extra elements obviously the junior racing but yeah. celebrity race was the first thing we did last year which we're doing again this year um you know freestyle motocross the the international showdown you know just trying to really mix up the entertainment and broaden the appeal not only obviously for the fans but also for the the broader families and the mums and dads and even you know your girlfriend and your mates that maybe don't know anything about it that can come along and just be entertained throughout you know four hours obviously you know which is the the length of the show um, and then build on that pit party activation outside and and try and continue to deliver extra value wherever we can for friends and families and and all ages effectively outside and all ticket holders getting access to some really cool stuff outside the venue. Mm-hmm. Well, yep. That was the thing that um, I think I messaged both of you guys after Sydney because like I said, that was the first time I'd gone and I took my girlfriend and she'd never been to a Supercross race in a stadium. She'd only been to like Jimboomba and Coolum and stuff like that. And she was just like, holy fuck, this is like way different. So for her, she sat through the whole thing, was just like pumped. And I think that is like for me, like I know I could go and race and just watch heats, just watch every lap of practice. And I could be fully entertained by just like exactly what is going on. Like I know Chad's doing this. I know Ando's doing this. I know that Dino did this line that nobody else did. But it's like that my chick doesn't know that shit. So it's like she can't get the same level of excitement. So it's like it is super necessary to like cater to it's you're, it's almost more important to cater to like the the wives and and kids or whatever mm. than it is to like the hardcore dude because they're going to be happy the way happy right? anyway. yeah, yeah totally. and it's how you justify going every year you know because you want to enjoy those events with your missus and with your friends or your family because otherwise you know you're just doing it by yourself or doing it with just a couple of your, your mates you know which is fine too and we do, certainly have you know a big focus for a lot of mates and a lot of boys and and moto guys that travel you know we've got families and clubs you know and and people traveling from all over australia that are really into supercross and motocross but broadening that appeal and then bringing their friends and and bringing other people not used to the you know the sport and then seeing the event and sort of falling in love with the sport is the ultimate right to build these events to be larger audiences and Mm. and grow the appeal and broaden the awareness and you know everything we're trying to do from a tv perspective as well to really get this sport out there you know which is you know something we've we've obviously got a lot of guidance from tony cochran on yeah and something he just 
did so amazingly with supercars and built that sport you know from from nothing into you know well, top like three sports Australian, in yeah, australia sports, yeah. one of the best tv deals live on channel seven back when he was you know doing the tv broadcast deals and and put that sport you know on the map you know had pink as an ambassador one year you know had he invented rock and race and the concerts being at the events and yeah, did all yeah. of those things that blew events up to 150,000, 200,000 attendees, you know, events all over the country, which is something that um, obviously we feel this sport deserves to be right up there. And mm. and there's no one more passionate in motocross than Adam Bailey. Yeah, and and certainly sure. from my perspective, which isn't motocross, like I've, I'm a complete convert. So I, I fully feel converted and feel like I can sort of speak to the people that can be converted, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah. And that's my focus, I guess. Yeah, and I think that's what's great about our partnership is that I grew, I grew up in it and I love it and like I'm like you like I'll watch every lap of practice and I'll froth it no matter what like it can be in a paddock and I'll still yeah love exactly it. but you've also got to remove that emotional connection you know to create a business or to have something that that appeals to the masses you've got to remove that and look at it from a kid's like perspective is, or yeah. a, and as a, the entertainment package and I think that one of the some of the biggest compliments we've had aren't from you know guys like us that are going and going that was sick it, it's like 50 plus year old women going mm -hmm. i had the best night that was great and yeah. you know you're like what you actually really enjoyed that and that, they loved it and we've had a lot of that and a lot of surprises where people that you wouldn't think as supercross fans are enjoying it and that to us is means we're doing our job because hopefully the more of those talk about it like we we had tv execs come and bring their kids and be like we had the best night that was great thanks you know and we're just like if we can keep doing that then that's how the thing grows we can keep spreading and spreading the word and it's not we've we've probably got too locked up in trying to talk to ourselves rather than how do we yeah. expand by talking to people that have never seen it and they may never race a dirt bike ever but they can still love it as an entertainment and come yeah, along well, and have a real time like, yeah well like the monster truck i'm never gonna own a monster truck exactly in my life. yeah, yeah. yeah. But like they seem to be making monster truck events all the time <laughs> yeah exactly. exactly yeah i think that's that's probably the distinction is going whether you're into motorbikes or not you can come along you'll have a sick time and that's that's how we've tried to sell yeah. it to, pe to corporates and people that you, you know wouldn't normally be interested but like it's comfortable it's indoors you won't your feet won't touch the dirt unless you want them to you know like and and therefore it's easy to have a good time it, it doesn't matter what you're into kind of thing and, and the, it's sorry. like a sorry it's like a novelty thing too like the thing is that with you know there's hundreds of football games that go on every single mm. year there's like hundreds of soccer games there's a bunch of ten like it is like such a flagship marquee one-off event as well which i think will help in terms of like the um the non-moto kind of people it's like here's an event that doesn't come around very often it's in the best stadium in in australia this year with marvel stadium so it's like i think that too is like another thing going for it is it's not like this flogged out same thing that like australia's just seen over and over yeah 100 percent. you're seeing the world's best in action which is is for sporting you know enthusiasts and general sporting people yeah, that just true. like entertainment that's what they're going you know like real madrid come and play at the mcg and they'll sell 80 plus thousand tickets because people want to see, see the, the world's best and not necessarily always soccer fans you know but yeah, we can true. appreciate the very best in the world at what they do um, and and I think our sport's very unique in the sense that Supercross is in the venue. You can see everything. And what I love about it is you can watch your favourite rider and you can watch him the whole time and yeah. you don't lose sight of him. You know, where Supercars, you can't do that and you can't necessarily 
visually see the best line that Scott McLaughlin's taking in supercars and see how he's beating everyone else. You know what I mean? You just, yeah. you know, he's maybe doing something right, but you can't visually see it. And if you're at the event in a grandstand, you see him doing one corner, yeah. you know, and you're watching the rest on a TV. In Supercross, you can literally watch your favorite rider the whole time and see exactly what he's doing. And that is pretty unique and special. And, and to do it in the comfort of a, you know, multi-million dollar facility like Marvel Stadium, there's nothing better. And that stadium is just incredible. So we'll backtrack a little bit. Um, so leading up to like getting that first event going in Sydney. So we sort of like went off on a bit of a tangent, but to, to come back to that. So like, what was the sort of steps then to sort of make sure that first one happened? The first one was government support for us. We, we really needed that. And Destination New South Wales, <laughs> we laughed about it not long ago because yeah. what, we, what we presented to them was terrible in comparison to what we have now because we had no collateral, we had no pictures, we had no video. We just went in with literally a PowerPoint presentation to the, to the head um, acquisitions guy at Destination New South Full Wales. Full fake it to you, mate. And it. just said, <laughs> this is what we want to do. We want to bring, it's going to be the biggest event that has ever been in Australia, you know, um, and he believed in it, and, yeah, and, and yeah. which was amazing. And without that, that that literally wouldn't have happened. We'd presented a lot on on action sports success overseas, and obviously in America and X Games, and obviously Nitro Circus, and and the demographics, and yeah. and we hoped that we would appeal to younger audiences. Had we known now that we'd have some of the strongest younger audience following in Australian sport, um, you know, no, we didn't. But to back that up, in the end, it was it was quite amazing and. And Steve Keogh at DNSW was was a visionary, really, and then supported us for the whole four years we were there, which was, you know, amazing. We're very grateful. Mm. Um, so how long did you guys spend in the lead up to, like, um, get that first one going? Like, how long was this a project in the world? It was 2013. Yeah, 20 years. So, so two, a good two years before the first one actually happened. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's good. It's good two years of planning, and it's the same with Marvel Stadium, to be honest. Now and 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 Auckland, like they've been an eighteen month to two year, you know, process. Yeah. It's a, you know, we we keep everything really quiet until it's a done deal. Yeah. And we're not we're not ones that like to talk about everything until we know it's going to happen. And so you know, it was pretty pretty hard. You know, people um, were shooting things at us about going to Marvel Stadium. Why wouldn't you go there? But we'd been working on it for a year at that point, and people yeah. were still saying, "Why aren't you going there?" It's like, well it's a done deal we won't say anything yeah so it is a long process and you know the complexities with that event and underpinning you know six thousand tons of dirt is not an easy feat like it's never been done there before yeah and, right. and the cost associated and the cost potential risk of damaging all of the turf in marvel stadium you're talking over a million dollars just in in those two things alone so for us it's been a long time to build up to the belief that we could do that and, yeah, and that, hold an event that could do that that's what i was like that's kind of the mind-blowing thing and like like i've known you for a long time like you're the kind of dude that's like always made shit happen and i always remember like when i was like 18 19 like i always would look at you as a guy that you were always you always seemed more professional than you needed to be if that made sense like I appreciate in, it. in moto like because I, I feel like everyone that was kind of in the scene and doing their thing like they were I don't know that just seemed like they wanted to be fit in more than they wanted to like just button up a shirt and and sort of have that sort of vibe and to me you always had that vibe more than anyone else and when this whole ball started rolling like I could really see that I was like Bailey's the kind of dude that could pull this off because that was how you'd always acted if that makes sense but I mean there had to be like mad doubt 
that you guys could actually pull this thing off and i'm sure that you know like you said you had an investor but like if if the whole sydney thing goes mm. tits up that first year like you guys are in like fucking big trouble i'm yeah. guessing you know yeah yeah and there's been multiple you know times and conversations and and it, and it is stressful and it is intense and i think and I, and I appreciate what you said but i think um you know for me probably i would say that my strength is noticing my weaknesses and and this guy makes up for those in so many more ways than that so that's why we're such a great team is because i have strengths and experience in certain areas he brought in an amazing amount of experience from from supercars working there for in sponsorship for five years and knew that world inside and out so we were really able to come together and and learn uh, what they had done so well in supercars what worked there you know with my experience in, in supercross and and then that's how we've really married a lot of that together yeah and i think you know deep down that belief we have in the sport and and again revert back to seeing bursi like we just knew that it was possible yeah and we saw that and just thought in australia they're, they're following obviously you know for the sport maybe supercross probably doesn't even sit in the top 40 you know sports in australia right but there's still enough following and and we've seen that and i I think from our perspective, we couldn't be any more grateful for the fans showing their appreciation. Yeah. I mean, some of those years in Sydney, we had 45% of people coming from outside New South Wales yeah, traveling yeah. to the event. And mm. if they hadn't have done that and spent... Dude, I got friends from Cairns that went every Crazy, year. man. The yeah, money huge. that people were spending to go to Ozex Open, if they hadn't have done that, we wouldn't be here today. And, and we, you know, who knows what we'd be doing. But, but you know, it would have been a real shame because the sport deserves it and yeah. the fans have been speaking for the last four years and melbourne even more again like we we couldn't be any more grateful for just their support so far out from the event as well they really get behind it and they probably don't realize how much that helps for us but it means how much we can budget and spend on the events and make sure that we can bring out the very best in the world out here mm. and and it gives us the confidence that we can spend on all the production everything that we spend that equates to for melbourne over three million dollars of expenditure to have that confidence from the initial sales and from the support of the passionate you know real hardcore supporters <laughs> is is basically what allows us to have that confidence each year to, to do it and it, go again. And it, it, I think the very first AusX Open solidified that belief that there that there is the passion out there because it's a scary thing, you know, and you go on sale for the first day and the first time and we didn't know what to expect or what was going to happen. And, and we had to start in that stadium because it was, it's a lot smaller. You know, it's a 16,000-person stadium, not a, not a 45,000 in the capacity we're in now. So we had to start there to test was we didn't know what was going to happen and, and Kudos Bank Arena didn't actually know that they wanted us at all. Mm. They, we had to fight for a good year to get a contract there because they thought Supercross was going to be a massive failure. Really? And yeah. Yeah. They wouldn't. They wouldn't allow us to. They wouldn't allow us to pay them stupid amount of money in high the venue yeah. because they thought it will fail. And so you're often to like overpay and be like, wait, we'll pay you the money. Oh, just like yeah. Let us do it. Particularly yeah. the first year, mm. it, it was more. You know, I mean, most of these venues, you know, that you're talking about, obviously, all these established sports going there in most cases, but in Kudos Bank. You know the amount of concerts and exhibitions and, and events there it's one of the like most used venues in the country mm. and for them to take a risk on someone like us and and young young guys you know with with the powerpoint presentation so to speak you know um to where we are now it's yeah we owe a lot to those fans that spoke so quickly you know because we could have always cancelled too or refunded everyone and pulled the pin if it wasn't going to work yeah you know was sort of our methodology or thinking but we needed to obviously 
you know, get to a point where it was going to work, which it did, you know, the first 10 days was incredible. Were you guys like sitting there like watching the like refresh and like browsers and shit? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. it's pretty funny actually because the very first pre-sale day in Sydney, we sold 700 tickets and we didn't know if that was good or bad. And the dude from um, the arena called and goes, you guys must be stoked. And we're like... Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Are we like? Should we be? I don't know. Is that good? Like, are we are we okay now or, or what? And um, he was like, "Yeah, guys, that's cool. That's great. Like, seven hundred tickets in a day. That's awesome." And we're like, "Oh, sweet, cool. Thanks for letting us know because we had no yeah. idea." Because we we ended up selling Saturday out. I think in two weeks or ten ten days, effectively, really? when we made the call that we were going to do potentially a second night because we were prepared to lose money year one do one night only but at a loss it was only that we were able to do that second second day that it became sort of like cost neutral effectively that first year Mm. but i think that's one of the things that people don't realize is the challenge with those venues is like you know one of the one of the years in kudos arena we had drake in the lead up to us drake can bump in and out in hours we take days they had two nights or three nights of sellout drake then we came in for three or four days to that for the whole movement of dirt and everything is incredibly. So do you big guys task. have to pay for the dirt to yeah. move in and out? Yeah, in yeah. terms of like renting the stadium, you're hiring the venue. Yeah, yeah, you hire the venue and it is blank. Like it doesn't have the sound system, it doesn't have the lighting, it clearly doesn't have dirt power. Um, it doesn't. You pay for the power, you pay for the security, you pay for everything, you pay for the internet usage. So it's like it's massive, but. Um, what I was getting at is that the, the concerts can come in and out overnight and literally that year they had Drake for three days sold out. We came in, did our event, then Drake came in the next day. We we bumped in from six in the morning, they were out at five in the morning, you know, like it's that close. Yeah. And so from a, a venues perspective, they're not that into us really. Yeah. They're kind of like, Supercross, you're gonna take four days, you're gonna bring in all this dirt, you're gonna put dust everywhere. Yeah. We can have Drake like, you know, yeah. at Marvel Stadium this year, they got U two before us. Metallica, UFC. These things, UFC, they're selling out all this stuff at just ridiculous, and so therefore there's no love for us. They don't giving us discounts. They like us. They're not because like we, trying to nah. see. They don't nah. really care either way. No, so nah. that's why we're, you know, with a calendar and trying to make, you know, coordinate a championship, for example, or you know, like it's really tough because you're fighting against you know Live Nation that are the biggest promoter in the world and they want this date they're like a mafia too pretty much yeah, yeah. Like it's like full <laughs> and on and if they dude. want if they want November thirty and you've announced your calendar and told everyone your venues your dates November thirty if they want November thirty I'm really sorry to tell you mate you're moving like there's no you know like we just don't it's just us we don't have the power that they yeah. do so it's been a real constant juggle you know to try and get any credibility and also just just that is a really challenging part of it when you're trying to move into premium venues like that yeah it took a long time even to convince marvel stadium to take us on they're not you know having to take the risk but to have us in there i mean it's owned by the afl and and obviously you know just the turf alone and the risk of the damage and everything that we could do that turf um you know they're even convincing them to allow us to be there has been very difficult but you know they've been amazing Mm. you know since we've done that deal and working with them now but it took a yeah 18 months of convincing you know (laughs) yeah we 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 talk about it like it's trying to force a chick that doesn't even like you to marry you like it's like you're dragging her down the altar going let's do this it's going to be epic like this I is like we'll have a great time but she's just like i'm not keen i'm not into you yeah. and that is literally what it's like is you know we're badgering them we need this contract we need this date it has to you know let us you know bring six thousand ton of dirt onto marvel stadium that it can't even hold the weight the floor can't support the weight no. of the machinery in the dirt so we have to support it underneath with thousands of props acro props 
so that and we had to justify to them we can do it like the machine won't fall through the floor we won't destroy yeah. the turf we, you know like they're totally. kind of like guys like, and they're like bro we don't care yeah, yeah. we don't care well, if, <laughs> if we didn't have Tony Cochran as well speaking with the CEOs of these venues and speaking with the boards of directors for the venues as well both Sydney and Melbourne we wouldn't be there mm. so how did getting Tony on board so did you used to work with I him worked under at him at Supercars yeah. for like five years so once we'd done AusX Open Year One, we sort of we wanted to obviously build on it and and start to believe in in building the sport rather than just this one-off event. Um, so we we approached him about like consulting to us, and and it was interesting because obviously he hadn't met Adam and, and I hadn't really spoken to him much because he left Supercars and as had I in in 2012. So. So there was seven years of there's been seven years of us doing AME, but quite a few years before Tony and I sort of caught up, and and obviously he met Adam. So we sort of presented what we we're doing. He had no idea, had no idea really about the events or the sport, and um and in the end, basically he he suggested, what about if I became your chairman, and and this is my sort of you know commercial terms, you know, would you accept? And we were, we were pretty blown away, and then we convinced him to come to to sydney for the first time and, and convince him to bring his son and his uh, son wasn't going to come he wanted to work at mcdonald's and and um had no interest and we and we took his son along because we knew that would would help convert yeah. tony as well for him to see the impact on his son and the, the the you know the importance we're placing on attracting those kids and the future you know mm, and that was an example of a kid that he had no interest in dirt bikes whatsoever how old was he uh 14 yeah, he's, yeah, fourteen, yeah. and and but he left with like every rider's signature, saying this was so awesome, had the best time, yeah. and so then Tony after that was like, and also Tony could see that it was legit, and yeah. then he watched and was like, fuck, this, this is, is unbelievable, yeah. and 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 it solidified to us obviously what we already thought from entertainment sport, and he he's there's no one better in the world in our opinion yeah. to advise I'm on this kind of thing, that, yeah. And so that was mid seventeen, yeah, and he came to the seventeen Ozex Open, yeah, and been right. with us since that, yeah. So he. Because he's a like a legit gangster. Like me and Mick were just talking <laughs> yeah. before um, before you guys got in, Mick. Because I, I mean, I I met him when we did the uh, filming for you guys the other day. But like the um, the stuff that he's done, like Frank Sinatra and like yeah. all these crazy yeah. people that he's brought out, and then the V8 supercars. Like, yeah, like yeah. he knows his shit. He used to manage Barry Sheen. Like yeah. he's got incredible stories, and, yeah. and, and and like for us, like we laugh. I mean, he's he's the best in the world at at, at this for sure, in our opinion. But man, he doesn't hold back. Like no, he has yeah. fucking yeah. ripped us that yeah, many times. Yeah, like yeah. he's like, Are you guys fucking joking? Like yeah. I remember we sent him a <laughs> presentation once to see what he thought and it was just like in capitals, is this a fucking joke? Question mark, exclamation marks all the way through. <laughs> Fuck. You know? And we're like, oh shit, I don't think you like that one. Yeah. <laughs> but we're not hiring him to pat our backs. And, yeah, exactly. and he, he's never been one like that, you know, ever since I've worked for him. But he's an unbelievable visionary and you know, he brought pink to supercars which was just it cops so much criticism and if she hadn't got pregnant year two she was going to perform at sydney v8s like could you imagine what that would have done to broaden the appeal for supercars you know what i mean like he he put those drivers in a commercial with with pink and rightly Mm. or wrongly everyone's opinion can obviously be valued on on that whether that's the right move but you know we're talking events like the sydney 500 that he introduced and adelaide 500 bathurst 1000 that he blew up you know insanity yeah like, you know like incredible like, it. yeah like it's insane those events gold coast you know indy 500 into gold coast 600 and the concerts and some of those sellout venues that they've had is just insane and mm. um yeah we we 
obviously uh, focusing on doing the same as supercross from that entertainment perspective but tony didn't care about the fucking cars he didn't care about what brakes or engines or or what they had you know what i mean i mean he wanted v8s and he wanted that authenticity but but he wasn't worrying about how much they spent you know on on new disc brakes or or what you know necessarily what tires they raced on unless it meant it was entertaining for the fans you know that's all he cared about and i think you know that's that's definitely been lost at times with supercars and and f1 and i'm sure both sports would admit that and that's a huge thing for us and that's all we're focusing on well i think f1's going through that right now because like it's like watching fucking paint dry watching like formula one Mm. so like there's there's definitely a balance between like keeping fans hardcore fans happy but then having like entertainment entertaining racing that's right i don't i don't think supercross like i think supercross is in a unique position because it's just like so fucking gnarly yeah like there's no i don't think you could change tires and i don't like it's so much more about the the rider it's all the rider and that's what's amazing about it as a sport like those bikes like they cost jack shit like dan ridden raced the auckland supercross last year literally with the stock exhaust and a stock motor like like it means nothing the bikes it's like yeah you know there's factory bikes and that makes a, a bit of difference but you're still talking 20 to 30 grand or whatever for one of the best for the, the best bike you're not talking millions of dollars yeah and you're not talking you're not talking you're not about talking advantages tense that, yeah yeah a rider a rider will make up for it like it doesn't matter like we we can ride chad reed's bike but guess what he can ride our bike he's gonna fucking hose us every yeah. day you yeah. know what i mean it yeah. doesn't the, the the machinery just isn't the main aspect and that's why from an entertainment and a sporting perspective it is so exciting because it, it's all it about the lets, riders yeah let you guys do your job on the yeah, entertainment but, side but yeah you're, there's not real unless you do like super random shit then it's not really yeah. going to detract from the racing side of it no mm. and that's what blew me away is obviously I, i've always been like karting and supercars and f1 sort of like motorsport background and and always followed those sports predominantly throughout my life and if you're the fastest guy, you start up the front and you get an advantage over everyone yeah, else. Yeah, true. Eh? You know what I mean? Like Supercross, I, I still and motocross the same. I can't believe that the, you know, like it, I think that's the coolest part of the sport is you're the fastest guy and what do you get? You get a gate pick, you yeah. know, like you line up with everyone else and that first turn is just any anything could happen. And with us, you know, doing the triple crown and doing three races, just mixing it up. So, you know, last year was a perfect example at Sydney. The racing was insane with um, Jason Anderson. You know, he he won overall, but he didn't do it easy. And if he did one race and got an amazing start and then just won and, and led the way, potentially not, you know, a great night. Make him do it three times and, and he stacks in a corner and has to work through the field. I mean, that's in my opinion you know value for money and and what the fans want to see is Mm. that amazing racing which it which it offers yeah and and why supercross is again as an entertainment sport is so good i mean you go to a supercars event and you're there for three days and as sando said before you're only just seeing a section of track and there's so much downtime so much downtime we don't we don't have any downtime like when it starts it's like it's sensory overload and that's the way it should be it's like you're just blown away you can't you know there's so much happening you can't see it all like it i mean you can see it all but it's just there's so much to to take in it's like goosebumps too yeah yeah <laughs> yeah totally totally you got, yeah you everything sort of 10 minutes sort of snack bites but but yeah. it links into it it's into itself so people can still go get food and drinks and you can still chat in between and whatever but it's yeah it's high energy and it's always sort of mixing it up you know it's not the same it's not yeah 
it's not ever going to be an hour long race and you just don't know what's going on and you start and get really bored like you know mm. your description of nascar when you went to yeah. that for example yeah the worst is i thought it just sucked <laughs> it was so bad it's terrible but uh, again like supercross you can see it all you can still talk you can go get a beer you can get your food again you can like you said you can your girlfriend can enjoy it um, and that's why we honestly believe the future for it is huge and, and we're, we're seeing it build momentum again but it yeah. is a really like long process and it's, and it's an expensive process you know the, the events are really high risk and, and expensive to run because transport of 6,000 odd tonne of dirt is not cheap um, yeah. the venues are ridiculously expensive um, the riders and the and to bring out international riders you know it's expensive it's a lot of money like we've invested a lot of money to bring mm. those guys out year on year and 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 even with that it's hard to get them you yeah. know yeah, like yeah. You, you know we can offer all the money in the sun to certain riders and they 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 can't do it or the teams won't let them yeah. do you think that the um do you think that the general public believe that the riders come for free we we think maybe you know and evidence from like that Dean Wilson sort of social media campaign that we we had you uh ripping us on as well which is a lot of fun i mean um yeah i think so i think because it's a it's the x games oh it's just an invitation but it's really clearly not you know like it's it's a legitimate fim oceana championship between the two events and that's for us a really massive focus because we want this to be seen around the world as a as a credible or the most credible international championship outside to do outside of the world championship and be seen as a great like test and great sort of pre-season build up to the world championship we recognize the world championship is insane and we, we have the utmost respect for the teams and the riders and and the testing they have to do so we know it's hard to write you know four five six weeks out from the world championship allow their riders to fly over and fly their bikes over and come and race in australia and new zealand like we understand that that's difficult but there's also riders now that are wanting and believing in in the championship and and chad reed a great example you know he won that championship last year and that helped him with jgr and helped him get momentum into the championship and that's a perfect example and and arguably with dino it would have done the same or, or or sort of did the same even he came second um, you know, because it gave him that momentum and that confidence of those race starts and legitimate racing leading into that world championship. You know, it, it's worked for Brayton as well, and 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 Anderson. Dude, I think it's worked. Is a fantastic for advocate mm. for it. Yeah, yeah. Brayton is a good example of going the Supercross only deal, and he obviously does the full Australian championship and and then just the world championship, and that's it. Like that's his season. He has a huge break in the middle, spends time with his family, you know, um, and then he starts up again. So and he's then really if changed you do the game. Mercy and Geneva. And then you do well there. That's like good pay. That's mm. like a good start money, good paycheck. And then he comes here, he, he rides for a full contract here, contingency, all that deal, yeah. and then goes back. Like, you can make really good cash mm. as yeah. a Supercross-only dude now, yeah. but it takes supporting this championship as well to do that. Yeah, totally. and, it, and it's a shift and it's a change of the norm which is not easy you know like in in the us as you know like those teams that they're us funded teams so, so the kawasaki team the honda team the yamaha team they, they're local budgets out of the us so for them they're obviously protective over what their goals are which is to win in the us and sell bikes in the us so when other events and other championships like us are saying you know we want eli tomac to come out you know um they're like well 
you know, mm. our focus is here in the US. We don't, I'm sorry, but we don't really care about you. And money <laughs> like, is yeah. not the issue. And the money isn't, it, isn't yeah. necessarily the issue. Like yeah. we can throw as much money as we can possibly pull together. And it sometimes it just doesn't matter. They're like, their season's too full on. It's too risky. You know, they don't have the time. We've got to test. Well, especially with a dude that does outdoors yeah, as well. Yeah, that's exactly. right. Yeah. Exactly. And Monster Energy, our naming sponsor, and, and they would want nothing more than all of their major stars coming out here to race. And, and we work so hard with them on, on a lot of their riders to come out. And even that's hard. You know, even the teams, even with them being naming sponsor of Kawasaki, still doesn't mean that that automatically allows Tomac to come out here. No. In and that's, and that's, that's the thing. I mean, we've tried year on year and we would love to have him. We'd love to have Ken Roxon. We'd love to have all the guys. There's no one that we wouldn't want to have. But there's, it's hard. Like, it's not necessarily just about how much money we can throw at them because sometimes yeah. it's not even about that. And we'll always put our best foot forward and stretch ourselves as best as we can and try and offer them a great deal. And not only that, a great holiday. Like, come out, we'll we'll take you here and, the, and a think, boat and we'll I do all those that, things. That is what has really... Um, secured like Dean would is yeah. like this is on his list every year yeah. Ando yeah. like those those dudes go to bat to come here 100%. I think because the way that they get treated by you guys is like there's maybe it just comes from like your background as well like you know what it's like to sort of be that dude and how hard it is to just like fly in get holed up in a hotel and then it's like yep yeah, be at the track and do your thing and then yeah. go home mm-hmm. but like that's not the case with you guys like no. every year it's like different cool shit that these guys get to do and it's like they're actually being able to experience another culture another country yeah and i mean i know like you guys are like friends with those guys now yeah mm. yeah and i totally. and and i think like further to that you know these guys are training and and testing and like their schedules are arguably some of the hardest like physical schedules in in like sport, sport like, in yeah, the world you know they they are arguably as fit or as full-on as an f1 driver in my mind or any you know afl player or any nfl player i mean their their schedules and their commitment to training and the amounts they actually test and how physical the testing is as well as the racing throughout the year you think about 17 rounds of supercross 12 rounds of motocross the you know monster cup. the monster cup and any Donations. other any other events they then do but then you know Husqvarna want obviously Dino and Jason to race in Europe as well as you know Oceana but they can't do all of those events they've got to have a you know relentless testing program as well so if it wasn't for like Dino and oh, those guys supporting these events and believing in these events and truly like enjoying their time here as well as obviously us building these you know friendships over time I think you know and like it would just not be happening no, and, it's and not, it Chad Reed's really led that for us too in, in the sense he's been an incredible advocate for us but as has Ricky Carmichael even Cooper Webb when he came out you know in the yeah. early days of his career and, and Brayton every year has been you know so committed to this championship i think you know those guys are really leading it for us in that industry 100%. yeah for sure and, and all we can do is is selling the holiday because it's not about the money what we can afford to pay them you know we we stretch it's a half a million dollar budget to bring these riders out it's massive that's massive. crazy yeah, yeah. So that's cost. per event per event yeah every year it's yeah, never it's, been less it's never been less and, it, and it's huge so but even then you know per rider when they compare that to what they earn in the US or what one race win bonus is over there as you know it's big money so they're still not coming for that reason like mm. they, they really are coming because they want to have the experience and they want to come and enjoy themselves and they want to make a trip of it and if the fans didn't treat them well which our fans really do um, 
then they still they wouldn't come. You know, yeah. what I mean? it's it's because they love Aussies, they love coming, they love trailing and Kiwis, and they have a, have an awesome time, regardless of how much money we throw. For some riders, that's still just not enough. Or yeah, sometimes. and the Aussies and Kiwi fans are just so vocal and so passionate, and it, it shows, you know, in social media. And I think that's been a big thing as well. You know, like it's really helped a lot of those riders, and you know, um, Jason, you know, Team Fried, you know, that thing. <laughs> yeah. When he comes over here, you can see his impact over there. Yeah, but it's gonna be you know, it's going to be insane. I think that how, and and they should embrace those guys because they are they're making the decision to come here. They're like, yes, we're paying them, and yes, we've you know we played around with Dino with the invite, but he's still making the choice to come here, and Dino goes the extra mile of doing that video content, which is just yeah. insane. You know, he's so committed to just you know just having a fun time yeah. with these events and yeah. good on him you know yeah and those guys are legitimate legends you oh, know like as you well know like they are awesome guys like couldn't speak highly enough about them and and, and they come out because they love it they love the fans they love the experience and like they're so good to work with um but they're coming out year on year not because we don't look necessarily for other riders or don't talk to other riders but they support it they want to be yeah. here whereas yeah. others don't and other teams won't allow it and and luckily for us like husky have been really supportive of, of the events and and really putting pressure on on europe in the husky hq to allow them to come because other teams uh, other brands don't let that happen. yeah and and i would say as well like lucas myrtle is is a, a you know a big manager over in america he's probably been one of the best allies for us as far as really understanding it and like he's been working with Savachi and coming out to do both events this year without actually having his team deal sorted for example yeah, you know right. and he's just made it really clear and hopefully over time that's something for us with the manufacturers and teams over time is is it can be in their contracts to do this championship you know do this FIM Oceana championship and start to build it into their team deals irrespective if they ride for Honda or Kawasaki yeah, yeah. or Suzuki or whatever because the moment there's some manufacturers that won't allow it, and then there's some that will and then there's some teams of those manufacturers that will and won't and mm. and yeah some of those managers I mean Kenny Adams of, of Jason Anderson's another great one where they've just been they've come out to the event and and then they're selling it in you know overseas you know yeah, so yeah they're helping us and helping us do this with with our relationships with them but also the the riders and sort of convincing them of of this being a good time i think that the thing is is that the sport it's it's a global like everything is a global market now and i think that to think about things in terms of like oh just for the u.s market and we're going to sell bikes in this market and this like that's just dead old dead thinking now and i think like we're right on the verge of that being like commonplace to where everybody thinks in this new like global fashion mm. and i think that you know this sort of like your event is like right on the verge of it's almost like a tipping point where i think people are going to be like all right we need cooper webb here we need because it is this global branding like the stuff that all the social media stuff that you guys did with dino and like the crocodile dundee thing yeah. it's like not just people in Australia are seeing that that are like gonna go <laughs> no. to OzX Open. Like, no, everybody in the world is seeing that. And yeah. Every you know, Eli Tomac will sell bikes in Australia. He'll sell bikes in the UK. He'll sell bikes in Europe. So yeah, I just think that that is gonna be you know that sort of global thinking. Like that's what totally. We, and and you know, and you hear people say like, oh, the sport's struggling and it's struggling in the US and it's struggling here or whatever. It's like that's the shit that makes it like work 
Yeah, you know, that's right. And, and I, I sort of always say, like, a rising tide floats all boats. It's mm. like everyone has to, like, yeah. if if collectively we're, we're of the thought that the sport is struggling, then it's like, okay, everyone then needs to get together and, like, help yeah, make shit happen. For sure. Yeah. That's, de- that's definitely you know what we we would love to see and what we're trying to to push is a is a is a positive momentum for the sport in general not just our events but in general for the sport because it's an australian thing too where people love to shoot down everyone else and just go oh mx nationals is fucked you know this supercross is fucked this is fucked that's it's like no like it's actually not the sport's actually in a great place and the sport it's an incredible sport we have so much going for us why don't we start talking about that and how epic the sport is and how yeah. and how much fun it is to ride a dirt bike and how these events are on the up and everything's doing positively, you know, rather than trying to unfortunately focus on the negative, which is a bit of a cultural thing that, that here in Australia we do a little bit, I think. If we yeah, for around. sure. And some of these athletes, like these international athletes, are, you know, worldwide, if you just focus on their social media, they're following. I mean, Chad Reed's like over 2 million following. You know, that's very credible on the world stage yeah. in sport, not just supercross or mm. motocross. I mean, these are mega stars equivalent to MotoGP riders or F1 stars, you know what I mean, with their followings and their and their worldwide reach. So that sort of needs to be recognized. And then for motocross and supercross in Australia here, I mean, these riders, the pinnacle of Australian riders, they're, they're in my opinion, some of the fittest and best athletes in this country. And they don't necessarily get that kudos yeah. and we need these events to really give them a give, platform. give yeah. those people to see them and fall in love with them you know 35,000 people at Marvel Stadium aren't just going to be impressed by Chad Reed I mean Rido's super polled it for example you know a couple of times at Ozix Open and as you said on a fairly stock bike you know we're, we're working really hard to broaden the appeal for not just you know the internationals are there to to gravitate for people to come to but it's the Aussie guys that we yeah. build we need to build on and build the next Chad Reed and build the future of the sport and that's a huge focus which sometimes probably isn't necessarily realized I guess because yeah. there's such a focus on the internationals mm. but it's like you you need the stars to get people there but then They're they fall in love with the Aussie guys away. and everyone else competing yeah. you know yeah without the platform for the Aussie guys to race in front of yeah. the 35,000 people crowd or a live broadcast on Fox Sports or, or which broadcast around the world like you know but you need the international guys to draw the you eyeballs you can't just yeah. sell that on Kurt Gibbs and Dean Ferris unfortunately yeah, not unfortunately. we hope one you know yeah. one day we, one day yeah. we hope so because I mean it saves us 500,000 bucks which yeah, would be yeah, amazing yeah. do you know what I mean but yeah. it's like that's the goal but and we really need to be able to convince people to travel from interstate which is an absolute must for government when you're a government supported uh, supported event you have to have people um, travel from interstate that's the fact so for us um, we need to have those big international guys so that everyone will fly from interstate to come but that allows us to create the platform which then the Aussie guys can springboard off and 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 like i've had great chats with todd waters for example um and hayden malros they're going to bring their personal sponsors to the event show them what supercross is all about you yeah know? And, oh, and, and, sure. and the honda to all the teams but the honda team i think they'll have a hundred people here or something you know this year showing them this is what our sport's all about you yeah. know and and that's how it flows on like but you need to we need to give the platform and then let all the Aussies sort of, I guess, expose as many people as possible so that we can build them up along with it. Yeah, yeah. you're so right. And and that whole, like, I was definitely guilty of the mentality of like, yo, fuck motocross sucks in Australia, blah, blah, blah. Like, I was. And then I started this and then we just hit a million fucking downloads for the year and we're six months in. And I'm like, okay, well, that's a lot of motocross people. There's people, yeah. yeah there's an audience out there. Yeah, and, and I think that it just takes putting shit out there 
to to like bring these people together and it's like it seems like it's so fragmented and disjointed and like there is that negativity but it's like if you can uh if you can you know do something and bring these people together and then give them a platform then it's like it it makes sense like it is it's in my mind it's like way healthier than i even thought it was and it took me doing this to to sort of realize that and i think you guys are seeing that with your events it's like we can sell out two nights of a sixteen thousand you know person stadium and then like auckland was ridiculous like auckland was hands down one of the coolest nights of my life because i went i went there and knew what was on the line for you guys in terms of like the weather and how sketchy it was how much money you stood to lose how many pre-sale tickets you'd sold and it was like that whole night it just it seemed like chaos and then it (laughs) fucking worked and then to see like how happy you guys were and just like how charged up people in the stands were like it it was just such an awesome experience and it's like that again is like that's new zealand like Mm, yeah we sit over here and we're like you know doing these podcasts or whatever it's like you don't think that you can pull together that many people that want to watch a supercross race you know what i mean Mm, yeah and and i think that's an awesome story because it you're an industry person that works in it and then you're getting you're getting um, you know brought into that excitement or brought into the vortex of it you know and that, that's really important is that from sponsors manufacturers you know distributors you know media outlets riders parents families we want all of them you know and, and hopefully this year is it's our best opportunity ever to do that where people will get a feel and go fuck like this is sick like we're part of this you know and feel proud to be part of it because that really was something that was missing for a while like I Dude, said right 100% at the start. Yeah. it was like mm. it, it's crazy it's like the big thing that I've been thinking about lately and, and through doing the podcast is like the shit that I think lasts and matters and uh, people like remember and support is stuff that will like positively shift the culture. Yeah. yeah. And I think that um, like this, like what you guys are doing with these events is like that is like they're starting to become a culture around it. And it's like I've got friends like my buddy Muff, he's just a mountain bike dude. And he's hitting me up about like, hey, are you going to be going to um, to Marvel Stadium for the Supercross? And then like Brooke McDonald, UCI Downhill, uh, like World Cup guy, Win Masters, like all these dudes that like live in Europe and they're from New Zealand, like they're all flying back so that they can be at like the New Zealand race. It's like that to me is uh, you've affected the culture at that point. If, yeah, you know, sure. they're the sort of things that are starting That's to happen, awesome. you know, which is awesome yeah. here. And I think things like the celebrity challenge is what we're trying to do as well as like broaden these amazing athletes from different sports and get them obviously just having a, you know, fun race on a, on a small bike. But, but what that does is just, it, it allows these other sporting athletes to come along and then obviously then recognize these athletes for mm. what they are and what they're doing on these bikes and how hard and phenomenal it is you know i think in car racing in particular everyone thinks they can you know drive a car as fast yeah, as, yeah. as most people you know what i mean we all do it every day it's but, a bloke thing I think. you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. i don't i don't ride motocross but i i can see the, you know how hard it is like i don't need to do it to realize that that's fucking hard and that's <laughs> gnarly what the, you know you yeah. we go to the test tracks and i watch jason anderson ride around i've never rode that track before 
but it doesn't it doesn't matter because I'm like that guy is like, fucking gnarly that. like yeah. how does he do <laughs> yeah, that yeah, yeah. like for 30 minute moto and not make one mistake you know yeah. what I mean like because it even in in sort of motorsport you can you can go off the track a little bit and and you know you get a bit sideways you go off on the grass or something and and it's no big deal maybe you lose a bit of time in supercross you make a mistake you fucking break your leg yeah, you, you know like it's no yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so brutal gnarly. it's so brutal and yeah and it is so brutal but that's what makes the athletes so incredible and, yeah. and and that is the story that we think that anyone can understand like you can anyone can appreciate the fact that um you know if you if you make a mistake you break a bone like that's intense and and they they race so close and they they do it year on year and or you know lap after lap and and the stakes are so high um anyone can get that you know yeah. you don't have to be into supercross to just be like fuck it's like yeah they come Man, off. That, that's They're gnarly. Yeah. yeah, like that's really gnarly. And that's what we've just got to keep showing people that and teaching yeah. people. And we have a, we're, we're, our strength is that our digital reach is, is massive. Um, I mean, our, our platforms are, are some of the, well, arguably the strongest in Australian sport in our official platforms in and terms of video views yeah. and engagement. And yeah. that's because the audiences that love this stuff, this is how they absorb, you know, our content. And, and, um, so we just got to keep out pushing this content and, and, and educating people on, the sport the athletes how fit they are like uh, Todd Waters posted a, uh, an image the other day and he's yeah. a beast like yeah. he's a fucking he's beast Jack City bro yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah, all 100%. those guys I like they're all yeah. so, like you can't fake it you can't race supercross or motocross and, and be a slob whereas in supercars I hate to say it and I love this you know the sport yeah there's some fucking slobs out there but they can get they can get by you can't do that in supercross there's no faking it it's like if you haven't done the work you're, you're gonna eat shit or it's you're gonna f- you can't win like it's just yeah. it's just not gonna work well so. yeah and they're riding with injuries you know half the time and battling i mean even what happened with hunter lawrence is just an example of like the bike malfunctions and then he breaks his collarbone and he's out for however long he's going to be but you know that happens a lot with bike yeah. malfunctions i think that also obviously happened to dino as well in the supercross this year yeah, you know yeah. Like in car racing, you make a mistake or your car fails. Generally, ninety nine percent of the time, you're not injured. You yeah. know, like when Chaz Mostert fucking broke his leg at Bathurst, that was such a big deal. You know, but that hasn't happened for so many years. That was like barely ever. National news. Yeah, yeah mate. Like he flew, out, like he flew out of Bathurst. <laughs> it was like, you know, holy fuck! What you know? How hardcore is supercars? It's like that like, happens every MX Nationals and every Australian Supercross. Someone's that's you probably know, happened ten minutes ago at QMP. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah. A, it is gnarly, and, and um, you know, and we obviously want to try and continue to make it as safe as possible because um, it's like one of those yeah. things. Though, like, how do you make like fucking shark diving yeah. safe? Yeah, you know yeah. I mean? like, soaring through the air, yeah. at, at, you know, thirty meters up and, and at speed, it, like you know, there's da- there's dangers there. But from a fan's perspective, that's what makes it interesting, and exciting. Is that like cutthroat nature of like? Well, I think that's what makes like when you think about um, like that dude just died boxing over the weekend yeah mm. and it's like I think that's what not that we want to see that in motocross but I think that there's certain sports where you know that it's like the consequences are super real yeah mm. and like the UFC it's mm. like you you know you've watched um, Masvidal flying knee Ben Askren knock him out and the dude just like stiff as a board it's like you know there's certain sports and i think supercross is like that like yeah. dude i've seen crazy shit yeah. in, in my years of of racing and it's like every time there's those that 30 second board goes sideways the revs come up and i'm just like this could get fucking gnarly yeah like that's right and not you know nine nine times out of ten it does get yeah super gnarly and i think that like they're the kind of 
events that we get attracted to because it's like we do know that the risk is real the That's stakes right. have got to be real for entertainment like you're not going to watch unless the stakes are high and, and that's why the, I don't watch Disney on ice. No, it's just, that's right. But you know, like if a game's close in football and it's a couple of points and it's a knockout qualifier or a, you know, um, or anything along, along those lines where the stakes are high and it really matters. Like that's when it's exciting. And, and if you're nervous watching before the start of a race, like, I mean, I get nervous watching the start of a supercross main cause it's like, fuck, like what's going to happen. Yeah. You know? And that's what makes it entertaining because you actually care enough to be nervous. You know, I think that's, that's why we obviously feel that it, it, it has so much potential because, you know, it, it, there's no bullshitting the intensity of it and the risk of it and the, the you know, how fit they are. And, and it has all the elements of just of an incredible sport and entertainment piece. Yeah. Um, and, and a huge, I mean, it's way cooler than supercars in my opinion. And I'm sure most people listening mm-hmm. to this will say the same thing. I, I know I love supercars, but you know, it's way cooler. The athletes are fitter. There's way more risk involved. You know, the stakes are higher. Um, the and vlogs are better. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Exactly. And, and like the athletes are, are truly aspirational. Like the, the Supercross athletes are, are cool. Like they're aspirational for young people to look up to. They're fit. They're healthy. You know what I mean? There's no slobs racing Supercross, like I said before. So, um, you know, well, Ricky's racing at New Zealand though, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, he, he's earned the right, I think. Yeah. That's the thing. He's earned, he's yeah. earned the right because he's done so well for so many... Well, you know, he's a goat, so... Um, but yeah, on a general general terms, like that's why we think that people will learn to love it. Yeah, and it's it's a big investment for us this year. Not not just in the events, but what we're doing is Supercross Life, which we sort of started last year. But oh, we, so you so doing like the video, like a video series. Yeah, like on the whole championship and and yeah, do it online. Sick. But we believe that you know Supercross Life, like behind the scenes of this sport, <coughs> and it's been done obviously in the US too. But we believe that content is some of the best content that you could have because oh, there's love, so much yeah, drama the and there's such that. professional athletes you know so we've been doing it in supercars for five years you know and being paid by fox sports and it's been an amazing gig for us but you know we're going to invest in doing that production in, are you still in doing the, the supercars one this year yeah, yeah 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 um off our own bat like from ame's perspective because we've got some of the most talented videographers and editors in this country you know that work for ame and work on like our clients and 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 for fox sports all year round but you know that's been such a huge focus for us and we'll continue to just every spare moment we can continue to do amazing content on these athletes not just the internationals but the australians as well mm, and the Kiwis. Just, try, just tell those stories like yeah. get people seeing i didn't realize that they had to train like how many times have you heard i didn't realize you had to be fit to ride a dirt yeah. bike and you're just like fuck man are you serious like do you yeah. realize how hard it is like i'm a relatively fit person i'm still wrecked doing five to ten minutes on a motor track you know like that's what i tell hardcore. people i'm like whenever like because so with like the jiu-jitsu stuff like all the boys would be like oh like how fit do you have to be to ride motocross like is it harder than jiu-jitsu i'm like oh well like yeah if you're doing it for 30 minutes yeah <laughs> but they're like well i just don't get it i'm like all right picture this so i'm going 65 k's an hour down a dirt track that's like whooped out right if i let go of the bike halfway through that i'm fucking dead yeah. <laughs> like think think yeah. about the you know what i mean yeah. so it's like yeah. so you've got a thing that is essentially if you don't hold on it'll kill you so it's like that's the level that you need to think about this is like mm. there's real consequences to hanging on and it's like and if it can generate enough power to just kill you when you let go imagine the power that's coming through your hands like you've got this death container that you're like trying <laughs> yeah. to hang on to it's like yeah it it sort of makes sense when you actually think about yeah. it and they're like yeah that really 
that really yeah. does make a lot of sense. Yeah, and yeah. you go to the test tracks in the US and, you know, like Jason Anderson cycled for an hour and a half and then he's doing two 30-minute motos at the test track and then he's got to go back to the gym and do a workout later and that's just a standard fucking day. Yeah, like, I mean, you only need to watch, you know, Alden Baker and, and you know, some of the, the docos and, and videos on him and that training. Like, that, they're, they're not, there's no bullshit there. You know, like even F1, I would say, like, their simulation is obviously not physical compared to like no. you know testing of supercross so even when they're doing what they're doing it's not hard mm. compared to like supercross when you're racing or you're testing and motocross obviously you know it, it's hardcore mm. even on top of then doing the weights and the the training and cycling yeah. and, and everything the, else. the concentration is exhausting alone yeah like if you're trying to be inch perfect on a supercross track which you have to be because of, because of how dangerous it is then you know you're concentrating that hard i mean you know what you know what it's like if you ride a supercross track like you have to remind yourself to take a breath because you're fucking yeah. concentrating that hard that you forget to take a breath and people are putting on pit boards it must to everyday people it must seem so retarded why are they <laughs> holding breathe on the <laughs> sign it's because the dude will forget, forget to fucking breathe because he's concentrating so hard not to kill himself that if he doesn't if he doesn't get reminded he'll forget to breathe like that's how intense it is and you are so uh, you know in the moment that, that you even forget all those things so um, that's exhausting to concentrate that hard the the crazy thing too is like the I think that what really shows like the physicality of it is like film a lapper mm. yeah you know? so like it's all good like Jason Anderson doing 20 laps it's like he can kind of make that look good yeah, yeah. and it makes it look like it's Easy. not that yeah. hard but it's like let's go to the lapper that you know the privateer dude that's still working that's fit as fuck yeah. like fit as absolute fuck <laughs> works his job cycles does all his training way better than I could ever yeah. be at, at, at riding and it's like look how dog shit he is making it look on lap yeah. 18 through yeah. the whoops yeah. and yeah. it's like no disrespect to the dude at all yeah. but it's like that's just how hard that's it how is that's how hard it is and like totally. that's the guy where I think to the average punter they're like oh look how slow that dude is it's like no motherfucker he's so good yeah go to the track and he, that yeah. dude blows past you he's yeah. so good yeah he's just yeah. that much better yeah, yeah. Like, totally. that Incredible. much better and that's what people want to see you know the world's best and you see that that's what I I think you know you don't need to be a writer necessarily to appreciate holy shit these guys are insane you know Tony Cochran when he first saw Jason Anderson he was just like he'd never oh, seen the yeah. sport before and he's just blown away he's like that guy needs to come every year he's insane you know yeah. like he just couldn't believe it mm. but i think the other thing is and a big focus of what adam's working on is you know allowing the privateers the ability to to work on their, their craft on supercross tracks like that's another massive barrier for guys making the step from being you know semi-professional privateer to being fully professional it's not that easy in this country and it's no. not easy in new zealand i mean they don't even have a practice track virtually at all well that's what's cool is bt like mm. posted saying that he would um like open up his facility yeah. and like coach anyone that seriously Incredible. wanted to do it right it's yeah. epic and, that, yeah. and like and he's such a legend but that that's what we need here too and and, and we're looking into ways to to, to yeah, fund so some building some trucks yeah, and doing that, that sort of right? thing yeah because yeah, it and it, it has been since forever since my day and i'm sure before where if you unless you knew someone and i'm i grew up in the suburbs so i didn't have land unless you knew someone with land or knew someone that had a track you couldn't practice supercross and you would turn up on the weekend and and just be like fuck like i hope i can make this jump like i don't really know exactly what's going on here you know <laughs> and 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 you know it's like if you're a young dude um and someone else is doing it you're like fuck i gotta jump this like i'm yeah. shitting myself but i'm gonna have to do it so we, we want to try and get more 
tracks and more access so that um, you know guys can be more comfortable turn up on the on the weekend and actually have done practice on the same sort of track as what we're bidding that, yeah that's a real and, real and game same changer. for juniors you know and everyone you know like that whole sort of build up to supercross is so hard for even juniors and the ability to learn supercross yeah. is very difficult but also i think the better we do that and if we can have proper track for even the internationals to come and test that it's going to be easier for them to justify coming over here as well so it's yeah. a win all round because they can treat that week as a test week whereas at the moment they're coming to australia and they get to race that one night and for yeah, them and it's like five days hands. off the yeah. bike you know not training properly on mm. on a mm. you know test track can, like the can, world championship we're convinced that alden baker hates us and yeah. hates that Jason loves us because yeah. he's just like, fuck, Jason, are you serious? You're going to yeah. do this again? It's like the main time that we need you doing. And Jason's like, I'm going, I'm fucking going. Yeah. Like, I love it. I'm going. And Jason will like, I mean, he was doing it in Sydney last yeah. year, but he'll train days the day of the event, yeah. the days before. Like he continues his program and he works his ass off still. And so does Dino, when, or all the guys while they're here. But like, it's a massive interruption to their program. And someone like Alden Baker has an incredibly regimented program. He hates it. And, yeah. And so that's he why he just makes gonna... Jason start two weeks earlier. He just yeah. goes, right, are you fucking off season shorter then? <laughs> yeah. If you're going to go Jason's away for like, two fuck weeks. it. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, I believe in these events and he has a fun time yeah. while he's here. But, you know, like, he's an animal mm. as far as he's like, concerned. he's one of the most interesting dudes in terms of like you know those memes where you're like what i look like and what i think i look like <laughs> that's like jason anderson's like the definition of that meme of like what i want people to think and what i'm actually doing yeah, yeah. he's an animal like he's, he's a, a training animal savage, and, and yeah. like he you know like those guys puts his helmet on and he's a fucking animal dino's the same like yeah. dino is like the most lovable funniest dude of all time but he's a fucking animal like he trains his ass off and when he puts his helmet on he's a machine so they, they do well to sort of act like and they are cool characters and they, they have a good time and that's why I think fans resonate so yeah. well with them but don't don't fake you know don't be mistaken that they're not incredibly serious yeah. and like and look at even Chad switching it on every year I mean he doesn't do motocross for, for a very good reason you know he'd be burnt out well well now yeah, it's just if he had it you know body. but he he's able to you know have some downtime with his family enjoy the, the family time have holidays really live it up and then just switch on and just fucking go to animal mode and yeah. get ready for a world championship again after yeah. 20 plus yeah. years like and it's insane it was he, crazy at, it was crazy at new zealand like how bad that motherfucker wants to yeah be, like i would just <laughs> be like nuts, why, do you, why do you care, do you care so like, much i'm like i'm the same he's the same age as me and i'm like i'm exhausted watching him and i've said this to him i'm like dude i don't know how he can be <laughs> fucked because like yeah, i love that you can be fucked to do it that go that hard and he you I mean he enjoys his off season like there's been years he'll <laughs> stack on 10 kilos and just like eat pies and do whatever he wants and and like jokes about it but then he gets gnarly again and just like sheds it all off gets fit as fuck and then battles in the top 10 in the world again and it's just like mate you're a machine i don't know yeah how you do that. and yeah. and it set Especially him up after like, winning two like world championships it's yeah. not like it's not like he's one of those guys that's like never won and he's like this year I'm gonna, I'm gonna do, do it, it. Nah. I'm gonna do it I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it and, and it's like bro you've already fucking done it just yeah. chill you could yeah. easily just say I've had an amazing career I've achieved you know all these records that he's done 44 or 45 victories or whatever it is just yeah. gnarly you, like you could be proud to say what you've achieved I think but it's not enough like, nah. for, for him it is not enough and after Ozex Open last year when he didn't win and he won two years you know or years prior like to come to New Zealand you know Dino's just on top of him and then to just come out and win all three like that was just you know crazy <laughs> that he was able to switch it on and, and even change the bike and make those changes so I think 
that for us was an amazing thing for the championship for Chad to win because it it, it got him uh, well whether it got him the JGR right or not that could have already been in play but it it certainly got all the momentum into the championship but also it sort of legitimized and he even has has helped endorse the events and the tracks in the sense that it meant he could do some legitimate testing before the world championship yeah. as well you know he's making changes to the bike that set him up into the world championship yeah know? we you're in the car when we drove back from new zealand to the hotel weren't you no nah, not me personally oh no. dude in the in the car like that fully meant a lot to him yeah, yeah. he like he was like i think that gave him a new sense of belief that i think that there's a you know what it's like you're sitting on the start of a line of a national and you're like i want to get the whole shot but like you don't believe you're gonna get the you whole want shot. to you know what i mean yeah, yeah and i think sure. that chad definitely had a chad definitely had a thing of like oh i want to be battling for podiums in the ama next year but i don't think before new zealand there was like a genuine like genuine belief mm. but i think that to win all three yeah against those dudes in the conditions and the way that he just put the fucking hammer down i like the way he was talking in the car and like he facetimed ellie and stuff and it was like you could see that it meant like a lot to him and yeah. i'm sitting in the back just being like fuck man He's like nuts. that's yeah. crazy how yeah. important that can be to a yeah. guy like that you know totally. yeah, it's had that and same for dino i think it was think, obviously yeah. in new zealand he he had that clutch issue but you know it gave him the confidence and then i think it was the round one that he was leading that whole first yeah, race dude. and you it know, was a lot of two you yeah. know what i mean linked with you know so like that really endorses these events for us, which is huge because, you know, the Americans have got such a big season and such a big deal going on in the world championship. But for these guys to help really, you know, back to your point about that international awareness and doing these events. Yeah, they're Australia, New Zealand, but the the awareness and the TV exposure mm. and the social media reach is so far reaching. It doesn't actually matter where they're racing. No, it's I, race it, yeah. starts, it's a quality field and it's credibility you know it's an fim sanctioned you know oceana championship and it's legit they want that trophy mm. just as much as they want a a1 you know yeah and that's why i think melbourne will be even more important because it'll be world championship spec the track's going to be big yeah you know so is that the reason why you guys were pushing so hard to do it in melbourne is like you wanted to have a legit track yeah there's a big part of it i mean yeah. and and fit the people in because we sold out we sold out Saturday night um, every year for four years and, and it's a Saturday night thing for us, you know, like yeah. it, we, we would sell out Saturday night but then we had Sunday afternoon and it was always a, a bit of a push and it's more of a family type of a thing but um, this was like the way to try and get everyone to experience Supercross Saturday night the way it should be, A, that's the first thing and, and yeah, like this will be like a legit World Supercross Championship spec track you know, six thousand ton of dirt. It's like we're not we're doing yeah. everything humanly possible to give everyone the the, the full international experience. Yeah, who, who's but still in the track design and build. Uh, I have a lot to do with it, but work with a couple of track builders. Um, like Brooksy heads up a lot of that stuff, but like Josh Proctor, um, Pro Tracks uh, is is really helpful and done a lot of the design work as well. So um, we sort of like throw ideas around because because we discuss things when it comes to like TV angles, angles signage you know where's the freestyle ramp going to sit compared to everything else and you know we sort of discuss those sorts of things ourselves first and then we go to the, to those guys and say hey this is how we need it to work but in this case too we've we've got the huge underlying issues literally underlying in the in the support of the car park underneath mm. which means that 
the machinery can go only go on certain um, parts because it's got to be supported underneath and all those so kind of things. How does, so how does that work? So there's a car park under the stadium. Yeah. Two. And if you don't like put supports under that, yeah. the weight could cave in the there's stadium. There's two levels. So it's effectively Fuck two levels hell. of undercover um, underground parking mm. that all has to be underpinned and, and all machinery and all trucks and obviously all that dirt needs to be underpinned. So so what does underpinning mean? It's so just, just like massive, yeah, macro like props, yeah. macro props you'd see for your house, you know? Yeah, okay. It's just like a shitload of them, yeah, <laughs> basically. Yeah. But, but obviously heavy duty and, and huge, you know, railway sleepers propping them. But the other issue is you've got to prop the sleepers as well because you can't just, the prop can't then penetrate through the ground or penetrate up through and either impact you know the seal on you know beneath the venue or even the ground mm. underneath you know like yeah. it's, it's crazy well, marvel stadium headache. marvel stadium's literally built on sludge like it's mm. built on sludge and it's got car parks underneath so if we don't support it properly not only will the roof slash the floor of the track cave in then the pins would go through the ground and, and there's stories of when they were building that stadium and they were hammering the pylons into the ground they lost them like they had to chain them up because yeah. there was ones that just like they sent them into the ground and they just kept going like we met with the engineer that designed the, the building and they're like when they were building it they hammered it into the sludge and they were losing pylons so that's the that's just why you know this why there's so much challenge yeah. to all this you know and it's a massive to, engineering issue yeah they had to underpin for the speedway but not that same amount of dirt and obviously yeah, it's just yeah. an amount that's flat you know but not the undulation of all the jumps and the different weights and and obviously the different machines to do that and the different size like that that's just a circle whereas we're obviously taking up the whole soccer pitch internally so um that's been uh, you know a huge amount of work but you know what i would say as far as the track design is is adam's been able to mix up that sydney track every year and make it exciting and every year it's had new spice and obviously we dealt with doing that tunnel which was a sort of a feat in itself because that was such a small venue but you know i think every year in melbourne you know certainly it's it's always going to be exciting mixing it up and having you know things like the shortcut and things that we've done to to also mix up that (laughs) racing is um is really cool and and yeah i think this year is going to be something else in melbourne we're we're pretty pumped Mm. Uh, you mentioned like that tunnel in sydney like people have no idea what we went through to get that tunnel like it races literally past the main kitchen for the stadium and we we went to them and said it's so small we really need the track to be bigger like can we like race out here and they're just like you fucking serious we're like yeah we want to we'll build a tunnel it'll come out here like they did it in paris it's really cool and it's like that's the kitchen like how this is all the food that feeds the whole venue like it's right there and so that tunnel like you can see when you watch the videos like it's all covered in like plastic like it it was airtight so that the the fumes couldn't get into the kitchen you know like there's this this crazy stuff and and now we've moved into this huge stadium in marvel stadium which is incredible but we've got these full (laughs) underpinning engineering things that we've got to overcome um, you know, which, which, like I said, it's been two years in the process to now, and we're still working on it. Like today, yeah. and getting emails about this is the machine that can, you know, the machines that we need to build. You know, is the support going to be good enough? You know, how are we going to get all the trucks in and out? You know, as fast as possible. There's, it's going to because we have to use um, just tandem tippers, so not not truck and dogs. You know, and there's no trailers allowed to be on the on the yeah, dirt yeah, trucks yeah, because yeah. of the because of the weight which means there's 800 truck movements, you know, because you would normally do it in 400, you know, is around 6,000 tonne of dirt. So now it's got to double that because we can't get the thing in. So, okay, how are we going to get 
800 truck movements in and out in the time that we need to build this thing, you know, and get the grass uncovered in time and all that sort of stuff. So we've got like full engineers working on yeah, this thing now to come got, up with a plan. We've got IEDM that do the like the project build of say the the Gold Coast 600, you know, building that track to the minute and then having it all opened up around all the houses and everything. You know, those guys are doing our track and minute by minute they're helping us with every single movement. We've got everything project managed from as soon as we're in there on the Wednesday to as soon as we're out that Monday morning following the event and it's like every single movement. I mean, even just the dumping of the dirt will be coordinated in a way because we couldn't have, you know, six trucks all dump at the same time in the same spot because then that'll go over the underpinning requirements, you know, for example, you know, like, so it's like all meter by meter mapped out. We we, we laughed last year. It sounds too hard, boys. (laughs) Yeah, what we said last year, we laughed because we were like, we should have have done a documentary on behind the scenes, all the shit that went down and how gnarly it was. And, you know, we obviously had riders injuries. We had terrible news RV and his dad passed away and yeah, that was true. that was gut wrenching for all of us and mm. and then he was he was coming and then he couldn't come and it was just all you know like such a roller coaster and we're like this year we're like we should really be doing a doco because this build alone will be like the most yeah. ridiculous mission of well, all time. Well, I, I said to Adam, I think it was the first or second year of Sydney. I said we're never doing an outdoor venue ever, like because it rained or whatever, and we were indoor and it just meant no stress. And then lo and behold, we're in New Zealand and there was no Dude, one checking the weather apps and speaking to man. the bureau of media just more than I was like he's been looking at Auckland weather now <laughs> it's like dude it's gonna change don't worry about it <laughs> but again I think you know and we've got an amazing partner over there in MediaWorks which is really cool in, in New Zealand um, what, and they're what amazing they so they're, they they're the largest like uh, media network in the country yeah, so they okay. own TV radio and digital and now outdoor um, signage so, so they can advertise our event Yep. better than anyone like they gave us over two million dollars worth of advertising for new zealand for example you know which was just insane that, that event blew my mind like with the because what did you just do in pre-sale uh well it was over twenty thousand on the day but yeah i think the first day was like five thousand or something like that which was amazing like, yeah. Yeah. like because we'd only finalized the partnership with MediaWorks like a few weeks before yeah. and then we went on sale and we did five thousand in the first day which was incredible yeah and we we believe obviously you know in the sport over in in new zealand as much as we believe in it here um and and this year it's part of the australian championship and and that will be great because obviously it's broadcast live on on fox all around australia but it's also broadcast live over on sky in new zealand as well so um, you know that's a big thing for the sport you know over here and and over there um, for both events you know both our events to be broadcast live on TV mm. we definitely feel like with the Australian Championship and then moving into our tour events which obviously form their own little championship um, with FIM Oceana between them that you know we're moving in a positive direction and and we hope that everyone else starts to see that and I think we you do in a sense that you see like teams bringing over riders um, investing in them themselves you see like expansion in infrastructure and the teams investing back in and they wouldn't be doing that if they didn't have confidence that mm. you know it was worth doing it for so i think it's a big it's a big sort of um you know positive step and and what makes us feel pumped you know overall where the sport's at because like we said we we when we we bought the rights for the australian supercross championship from ma and we did that because we felt like the sport in general was in a pretty bad place and we were worried like we had our event um which was going well but the sport can't survive off one event you know yeah. like we were like fuck if we don't we we went to a particular event and 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 it was so bad and this the standard was so poor that we were just like 
we've got to fucking do something. I mean, it was dangerous as well. It was, da- like, it was, it was so dangerous. Unsafe. Riders were getting yeah. hurt. The, the experience was shit. You know, there's no seats for anyone. People were just like climbing over barbed wire fences and shit. And we were just like, we're better than this, you know? And, yeah. and that was really a pivotal, yeah. a pivotal time They were charging us. $40 per person to go there. So, you know, you're just pissing people off, you know? Mm. Like you can go to Marvel Stadium for 40 bucks, for example. You know what I mean? Like, and then the difference was just too great and we're, we're really excited for this year i mean with troy Bates events doing the other three events in, yeah. in brisbane wollongong and port adelaide and adelaide is fantastic you know gilman mm. speedway so yeah you know we're we're loving working with those guys and and feel overall it's it's just growing and you're seeing that with some more of the americans doing the australian championship this year um and and obviously more will be announced but definitely brayton endorsing that championship as he has coming back i think to win four years in a row is his Mm. plan you know is amazing you know and even guys like dan reardon that's five-time you know champion and he's coming back and i think that's linked with the credibility of the series and him enjoying it and enjoying performing in front of those crowds and performing in big stadiums Mm. again which is what the sport deserves and the athletes deserve yeah that's right and that, that comes back to you need people to want to be involved and want to be part of it. And, yeah. and they, they now want to race the series because they want to be in, in Brisbane Entertainment Centre. They want to be at Wynn Stadium. It's a great venue. They want to race in Port Adelaide because it's a good venue. It's a great track. Then they want to be involved in our events in, in Auckland and in Melbourne. And um, and that is what it's all about because that builds the energy and, and get the depth in the field again. You know, like that that is happening already and it will. This year will be the deepest field that we've seen in a long time, for sure, because people are pumped to do it now they're pumped yeah. to be back involved you'll see full gates but whereas a few years ago and the one in particular we're talking about you know like i would have placed better that year than i did back when i was trying to race because i could have come last and i yeah, still would have been placed still, better yeah. been do not, you know what i mean because yeah. there, there was no there's one no in the field there's, whatever, no, there's yeah. no one in the field like there was like nine or ten riders in sx1 and and we're just like like this has to change and and it really is changing and we feel that yeah troy bales events do a great job we work well with them you know, AME handles the, the PR and the, the content and the um, social media accounts with them and marketing, and, yeah. and, and marketing. So we're sort of, you know, using our team to, to grow this, the Australian Championship Series as well as focusing on our own events and, our, and, and what we're trying to achieve there. Um, so there's, you're getting some consistency too, which, yeah. which was lacking for a long time. Yeah. You'd be like, you know, um, AusX Open would be, would be doing, you know, what we were doing, but then there'd be another event that, that, completely yeah, ignored no, like, anything yeah around, like the yeah. sport needs a Bathurst 1000 and, and that's what we hope the AusX Open can forever be you know that massive event that just like you know marquee, people tune yeah. in once a year like you said you know like that's Bathurst right like most people that follow supercars that are hardcore will follow most races or all or some will just follow the free to air but but people that don't really know much about the sport or are not a massive fan, the only event they'll tune into is Bathurst, yeah, you know, and yeah. that's still good for the sport to have that, you know, and hopefully AusX Open continues to keep growing and that's that, you know, that one-off event, the marquee event that people tune into and we feel there's no better city in Australia than Melbourne to do that in, and in that venue because Melbourne, they're just sport nuts, you know, and it's proven by the ticket sales so far and it should only get better and it should only broaden the appeal for the sport we feel in Melbourne. Mm. And it's a flow-on effect, you know? Yeah. We, again, if there's energy behind it, then... then Because um, there's, there's sponsors, for example, that, that, that won't sponsor us or they can't afford to sponsor us because we can be expensive for some brands, but they'll sponsor the rest of the Australian yeah, series, for yeah. example. So it flows down and it flows on. So there is more opportunities, 
you know, for teams and riders that they don't doesn't mean that they all sponsor us or have to do anything with us. But if they get involved in the sport, that's good. Yeah, you know? like we just we want the brands to get involved in the sport, whether it be with us or with other teams or with riders or whatever. You know, and and that helps grow, like you said earlier, it grows the 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 whole pie for everyone, I guess. Well, even like obviously we did the two podcasts at um, Sydney and Auckland, and like yeah. they were our two biggest months, man. Like it was massive. Like, yeah, we you know we had Chad on the show, and we had like a couple big guests and stuff, but like just that effect that that had on on us, and then what we want to do going forward this year. Yeah, it's like it it even allows us to grow and it's like we're a part of the industry so it's like if it had that effect for us then it's like it's gonna have that effect for other brands other riders other you know like mm. Jats is gonna be a privateer this year he's looking like like we've been helping him put together a team and it's like it's looking like he's gonna have a super legit outfit to just do supercross only That's this it. year yeah, and awesome. create his own cool content and yeah. it's like it's a platform for a guy like him which is fucking amazing as well you know and he does and he's a great character and he deserves it you know and that's what it's all about and i think again from our side supercross life and all that extra premium content that we want to do for the australians as well as the internationals is a huge focus because yeah some of these like the video content like adam said we had more video views on ozx opens official channels in 2017 and 18 then like the AFL Grand Final, the Bathurst 1000, you know, like major events, MotoGP in, in Australia, you know, like the audience is so big internationally that we can we yeah. can sort of get these guys out there. And some of these, you know, the docos that we do on YouTube and stuff can get hundreds of thousands of views. I mean, Ricky Carmichael and, and Ronnie Mack that year got 3 million views just on Facebook. You know, it was like over 6 million views that year in 2017 across YouTube, Facebook and Instagram of a non-race. Mm. And if that doesn't sum up, you know, where we need to go with entertainment and showing yeah, that it's racing, of course, but it's also, you know, people want to have a laugh and they want a character like Ronnie Mack or they want to see Ricky Carmichael race Chad Reed or and or others, you know, like they want to see these legends of the sport too. And that's what we've been trying to, you know, sort of, you know, really help the legends of the sport as well, you know, and every year just sort of keep mixing up who comes out and, and, and work with them. Like Ricky's fantastic ambassador for, for us too, you know, like he's, he's coming out for very like incredible fee, you know, and working with us, but he believes in the sport yeah. in Australia and New Zealand and he's an amazing advocate for us. Yeah. One of the best for sure. And, and what we need, like as a sport is rivalries, you know, like I think that's oh, the thing, dude, that's what people sure. want to watch and probably our opportunity and if we were going to probably something that we ask the riders and we push them to do and we hope that they do is just speak out a bit and don't you don't have to be everyone's best mate like what 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 i hate seeing in supercars is that everyone's bum chums with everyone you know and all the time and it's like you, like and tony says it too and he's just like the dude just beat you why are you fucking hugging him like yeah. aren't you pissed yeah. off that you lost yeah. i know chad talks about it a bit too like he was he mentioned the other day on social something about like back in the day the fierceness of the rivalries and like you've got to hate to lose and like we want the riders to start like again just being passionate like care enough to be pissed off if you lost rather than just being like oh it was cool like a, yeah you know, i got second and it's cool like just get some rivalries going like hate on someone like talk dude. a bit of smack you know like Conor dude, McGregor the, Conor McGregor. Is the best example yeah. of that you yeah. know he would be so respectful after he lost but also he would fucking like want that more Drill. than anyone yeah. and he would say anything he could <laughs> to fuck with their head and and look at their success and who he is now mm. you know but at the end if he got beaten he was the first to be you know incredibly respectful yeah, yeah. afterwards but he realized it's 
building that anticipation for that you know that event against Mayweather for mm. example you know he was probably never going to win that but he built up and built up and built up and everyone tuned in around the world like it's the best example it yeah. gives you like an emotional connection to it yeah because you either like well some of the most successful fighters well Floyd Mayweather he's the heel like people fucking hate the dude yeah and it's like and in a way like Chad was that guy that really rose him to prominence like mm. In the you know in the early days, like people hated Chad, <laughs> and they love but they loved to hate him yeah. because he was like fuck Ricky Carmichael, yeah, yeah. You know, fuck James Stewart, and yeah. it's like our most viewed video is the one where he's talking about the rivalry with James. Yeah, yeah you're right, right, dude. People love that. Show. Totally. Yeah. Well, if they love or they hate them, it's still passion, it's still right? A win, and yeah. that's you know we have some of the most passionate fans in in Australian sport. There's mm. no doubt, but yeah. you know. Like, you need that rivalry. You need the athletes to really endorse that. And I think that's been a thing with Supercross too. The the guys realize they're not top three sport in the country like some of the V8 guys, you know, think they are or know they are, you know. So they've got more time to do, the you know, things around the events, do some of the touristy stuff for government, which is amazing for us, you know do like Dino Wilson take the piss or, you know, Jason Anderson doing, you know, Team Fried or, or DJing or, you know, going above and beyond for sponsors and for partners and for fans, you know, than than what a lot of sports don't do. Mm. The, the fierce rivalry, where I think, like we, as we saw with the Dino campaign, we got ripped on pretty hard, which 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 we enjoyed yeah. to be honest, because you enjoy that people care you enough. Like you just got to care. Yeah. Like if yeah. no one commented and cared, you'd be like, fuck, no one cares. <laughs> like yeah. that yeah. sucks. I'd rather someone go, you guys are fucking idiots, and you're this and you're that, because at least they care enough to be passionate. And it's the same with like following certain writers. You want people to love and hate some. You, no one's, not everyone's going to love Chad Reed. You want people to passionately love him or passionately passionately hate him so they at least want to watch you yeah know? like if you don't care you don't want to watch like you don't give a fuck you know whereas if you passionately hate someone like mayweather or whatever mcgregor you'll you'll watch like yeah because you want to see him either win or lose or whatever yeah. no even like Barsha last year was a classic example now he never came out which was fucking terrible but you know like chad hates Barsha, and he was even saying i don't want to fucking i don't want him there you know like but you know like Good. of course he's still gonna race it but uh, you know we're not gonna just have everyone there that chad doesn't you he know he's, he's you know yeah. <laughs> you know yeah exactly exactly yeah we're gonna have people that, that same that with him other. and jason you know he he's no doubt expecting jason to go hard and savachi could be a huge surprise this year too but you know that's what it's all about and we need to build that up i don't think anyone's really giving jason that you know that credit sometimes of where he sits you know you really deserve that world championship and still sometimes i think tomac gets a bit more shine and he hasn't won one you know what i mean it's so fucking hard to win that championship but you know savachi is a classic example like we really want him to you know build up to this these events and fucking come out here and hopefully potentially win and be a surprise because he's capable of doing it mm. yeah as the more we can encourage it and and we want the aussie guys like a like there's some amazing talent coming through and like you know like a luke clout for example he's dude, the whole sure. package like and, yeah. and toddy waters but like cloud he's a good looking dude he's got a good looking missus he's aspirational he, he's on the best team he fucking can ride like a demon so you know if you're an aussie fan like he's someone to look up to and someone to follow and someone to to want to try and like he might pull a whole shot and fucking win a race yeah you know? and that's what and if he does like it'll go off and you we want these aussie guys to really 
to to put themselves in the mix, not just on the track, but as in, you know, we need to build them up and build their their followings, etc. But yeah. they they're legit athletes and and build those rivalries. We again, we don't want them to just be like, oh, you know, Justin Brayton's, you know, he's a good guy and he's really good, and so <laughs> yeah. like which Luke Clout won't, and neither will neither will Todd Waters or the other guys or, or Dan Reardon or whatever. They'll want to beat him. They'll want yeah, it so yeah, bad, sure. and that's that's what we want. We want to see that so that then people are. They want to watch because they want to see what's going to happen. Yeah, that's what, that's I think we followed Cloudy last year at Geelong, for example, and any injured himself yeah, that's ended right, up in race safe, for example. You know yeah. what I mean? And just show that, like that true drama that, fuck, they can you can just make that one mistake. I think he was either leading or coming second at the time. And yeah. then just, just, you know, whatever, that quick moment where he just, you know, whatever blocked out, whatever happened, you know, and he just makes a mistake and then bang, he's in med safe and... Uh, race safe sorry and then he's you know he's out for the night maybe missing the next round like it's 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 amazing content but he's you know back this year and we're incredibly excited to see how he goes mm. well i think too like you guys are giving these guys a license to um to be themselves and it's like not like bad behavior is encouraged but it's like you know you you're encouraging these dudes to like say what they want to say 100%. do what you want to yeah, do because yeah. i think like you know, Jats fucking essentially lost a ride last year with Factory Honda because, oh, you carry on a little bit too much. <laughs> it's like, and he's another guy where it's like, he's that Jason Anderson dude. Like, he lived with us last year. So, mm. like, I watched every meal he ate. I listened to every fucking smoothie that cunt made at five in the morning. <laughs> you know, like, he follows his shit to yeah. a T, trains super hard. Yeah. But it's like, because he's making fucked up Jats mix, like, shit on his uh, instagram that there's yeah. like people have this connotation that he's not trying yeah and it's like but then tell me another australian guy that's got a following like jats and like then you get like dino and ando want to like mess with him and it's like then that's starting to bridge that gap and it's like you guys are giving these dudes a license to be like this and i think that we almost need that in a way too for it to come from the promoters to be like hey man have as much fucking fun as yeah. you can yeah well, like, yeah like yeah. you know like years previous i remember hammy and ando like yeah that punching deal, on yeah. you know like you don't necessarily need to just be swinging punches but at least if you get beaten like be pissed enough or care enough that you don't just go and hug the bloke like at least you know be passionate you know and be be happy to say things and some of those press conferences in the u.s and chad's been great for it over the years to say what he thinks and yeah and speak yeah. up whereas and when we are going to encourage that and we want to encourage that throughout the whole year or always you know in comparison to supercars for example that they've squashed their personalities down so much that the guys are too scared to say anything because they'll get a fine we don't do anything i mean we paid robbie marshall's fine when he got done one for doing a backflip you yeah. know because we we're like mate that was sick yeah and yeah okay we got in trouble for that a bit because there's there's safety issues and all that and you've got to always walk a but fine line. is there? Line. Like, well, is there a safety issue? Like, with not a really. fucking backflip or like, you're just doing the I jump, don't think like, it's any safer, us. you know no, what I mean? No, <laughs> you know, exactly. like, whether he's flipping or not, it's still gnarly dangerous out yeah, there. You know what I mean? Super dangerous so, regardless. And he yeah. can do it all day long. Yeah. So, you know what? Like, he's probably no more risk. at ease doing that than he is hitting the whoops. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who wouldn't For be? I mean, I don't know. Probably not me, but this, but you know we want people to speak out a bit and have a bit of fun with it and like create these rivalries create these stories so people actually want to pay attention well i think the thing like i guess a broader theory on the whole thing is like back 
in the day when it sort of really started getting super watered down it was sort of before social media yeah so like yeah. what would happen in my like the way that i've kind of theorized it is like so you'd get a say supercars you get them on the podium and then it's like oh, fuck i'm just i don't want to say anything because then the media is going to run with it all week yeah. and then if i don't get on the podium next week then i don't have a platform to like say my piece mm. so it's like i'm just not going to fucking say anything and then they just go blah 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 track was great sponsors were great whatever but now i think that you've got social media so like um justin cooper was a good example at uh vegas or hangtown or whatever he just like got to say on his so he just had a fucking rant so it's like he got to say all the shit he wanted to say he said what he wanted to say on the podium he got backlash for it the media lashed out at him but it's like it's almost like everybody's got their own media channel now. So I just don't think dudes are as scared to say, like, it's just starting. Like, I yeah. think the last couple of years, it's like, just get in the back to the point where the writers or the drivers have the power back mm. where it's like, no, I can do a FaceTime live. Uh, sorry, Instagram live, or I can post on my stories and be like, say my side yeah, of the get story. The story straight. And then, you know, there was a bit of a thing like, there's dudes in the media like Steve Mathis for example like in, in the US it's like he'll just say whatever he wants because like he's got a big soapbox to stand on and it's like you're just like fuck dude like do you really need to say that about that guy and it's like there's the clickbait sort of element like he's yeah. getting paid on his clicks and it's like yeah. I think there was a, a point where like the media and the writers would like work against each other yeah. and it's like just now I think we're starting to see with like this new even like the guys I've had on the show it's like they really get to tell their side of the story and, and I get the sense that like they've never got to do that before mm. in such a like a long format yep. way too. Yeah, know? well, yeah, I think sure. that's been the success of your show, right? Is that how comfortable people can be talking to you and connecting with those that's writers? That's you know? deep voice, I think. Yeah, <laughs> it's your relationships too in the industry and your understanding. But, you know, I think ultimately social media is pretty fucking gnarly, you know? Like for athletes now, you know, if someone hates them they can talk to them yeah you know whereas back in the day that you couldn't mm. you couldn't call some you know an athlete up because you wouldn't have his number but now you it doesn't matter that you don't have his number you can just fucking tell him what you think yeah you know? and going, that's i'm gonna do it yeah it's pretty it's pretty, it's pretty unfair yeah. you know so they've got to deal with that so that there's that to play with but there's also commercial partnerships and issues there as well as like your example with you know a manufacturer you know that plays a part but then it's yeah it's responsibility and people caring what people think about them and fans you know no one really you know probably cared back then or realized the impact they were having on people when they said whatever they wanted yeah and then they didn't have their social media blowing up but yeah. in saying all of that there's still dana white and usc schooling everyone around the world on how to build isn't, entertainment do you know what i mean crazy how like yeah how hard they're killing it yeah he's that's right and yeah. and he gets it better than anyone and maybe supercross will never be like that but we do need to realize that yeah you've got but to you have talkability chance to you guys have the chance to do that like because i mean what's the long game let's fast forward 10 years it's like you know, you guys do have a chance to be like that renegade Dana White style thing. Like, I, I'm i a huge, obviously a huge UFC guy, like, with the fight stuff. But, like, I, I look at that and I'm like, no fucking shit it sold for $4 billion. Yeah. Like, no shit yeah. this works. Like, yeah. you, they just, you get a guy that goes up and he can do whatever he wants and he's unapologetic. It's like, 
what are these rules we have to follow? It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's the who wrote, who wrote these rules? Well, they well, announced yeah. the it's other tradition. day and then bang, they, they already forecast 60,000 fans. They announced yeah, the other Marvel. day for Marvel yeah. Stadium. It's like, you know, like we're just, you know, <laughs> building nice. up the courage to get, you know, maybe 25,000 fans. Hopefully this year it's going to be 35, which would be outstanding. But like, it's just... It, you can't even think that they can do that so quickly, you know. Mm. They yeah. are the equivalent of like a U2 coming and touring every five or ten years and selling out 60,000 yeah. tickets. And They're it, literally it, on that level in Melbourne. It's crazy. Yeah, and it, and it is rivalries. That's what it is because people want to see these dudes that hate each other go to battle and that's what we do have the opportunity to do. We, we, we don't have them punching each other's heads in, which nah. personally I like better. I like the racing better than I like the yeah. fighting. Yeah. But we do have people that line up next to each other and genuinely don't like each other and genuinely want to beat the guy next to him more than they care about their own safety do you know what I mean yeah, like yeah. which is pretty fucking cool like that they care that much that they're going to lay it on the line that much to win um, and that's what people want to see yeah so we well, just got to keep, keep telling them that that's what this is about like you, you come along and you're going to watch these like, like Chad Reed doesn't want to be beaten at home like he, he fucking he was yeah, miserable dude. last yeah. year like we paid him we pay him the same whether he wins or he loses and he was fucking miserable, you know. Like he didn't. They they don't. None of those guys come out just to circulate. They want to win, dude. Totally. Like we did the podcast after Sydney, and he was off it. Yeah, he's off it. like he's fully off, off it. Like, yeah. we're, but while setting up, he was just like losing his <laughs> yeah. shit. Apparently, like Ellie was saying, like, dude, just fucking chill. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, look at Dino too. You know, we did a video on it, just showing the behind the scenes of that that race in New yeah. Zealand. But like how devastated he's he was. Sick. He cared so much for the championship and that means a lot to us and it should mean a lot to them in time and we hope it continues to grow but you know like he couldn't post that video because there was commercial reasons why he couldn't post that video because he can't show you know some parts of that that video as an uh, example do you know what i mean but that's a summary i guess of social media is like sometimes we as a promoter can do that so what, and we can is it you know have like no a- limitations but they not necessarily can they due to commercial you know reasons not just that scenario but other examples they can't always share what we can you know so mm. we can always be the you know the person that says whatever we want to say yeah. in a way and and you know i mean like that um <laughs> on a lighter note like the dundee video like it like what was jats doing smacking the chamber yeah. <laughs> I, I just I'm, I, like i laugh out loud yeah. every time because i'm like what motivated you to smack the chamber and and the spelling of you know and dino calling us out you know like that's just fucking funny that's like we saw t- that we, we had no idea that. man yeah. you know and it's just a laugh and it should be because like fuck well, you know uh, yeah it's it's fucking we're supposed to be having fun but yeah. like dude dad was fucking pissed because like my dad's jats is mechanic and he's like <laughs> This fucking idiot! <laughs> he was like, "I'm gonna look like a dickhead." Yeah. Oh. He got so much shit for oh, that. It was yeah. funny. It's so funny. I don't know who pointed it out, but I just saw a comment about like, "What's he doing?" Yeah, the yeah. and then, and then, then people like, are chiming in. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, that, yeah. but that's like that's what makes him so like. Jats is a fucking special dude for yeah. motocross and supercross in Australia. Yeah, yeah, we need him for sure. But oh. he's a, again, he's a character, but he's a good-looking, fit dude as well. You know, like yeah. motor, motocross and supercross guys pull hot chicks. Like, let's not. <laughs> shy away from that too you know they're aspirational fit fucking ripped guys that are risking their lives and that attracts it's pretty fucking cool women you know yeah, it's, yeah. it's attraction to the sport you know we've talked about that as well i mean you know we need to really highlight them because the motocross in general like the perception is you know uh, like 
crusty demons ready. yeah it's yeah, probably yeah. probably more like that Dude, i think that's a great example you know people that don't know much about it and don't see these events or don't see the athletes and see how professional they really are they just think they don't give a flying fuck yeah they, you know they, you they would think that harry bink just parties and never fucking trains if you didn't watch all this stuff closely enough and then to see him so ripped you don't realize that he's probably one of the hardest trainers Dude. in the fucking country yeah you know? yeah it makes me feel like a loser <laughs> animal. Yeah. and he will do it every single day yeah Bro, he'll be like he'll be fucking fully sideways and then he'll like we've had mornings where it's like seven o'clock in the morning and he uh he runs past then he comes up and he's like oh what's up man have a coffee and he's like full sweat and then like i'm like just wiping shamar and i was like with him the night before wasn't drinking i struggled to get up and he was lit and yeah like, nothing stops him no nah, he nah. just don't give a fuck yeah, yeah and it's yeah. a bit of a misconception but that's obviously something with these events you can build over time yeah. and what yeah. it does do is when these ladies and mums and and females and non-fans and athletes like afl stars see these guys firsthand then they go fucking hell and then you win them yeah you, you win, win them over, over yeah. yeah well we've yeah. done that with, su- with supercars like it like supercars drivers have a huge amount of respect for supercross riders and yeah. motocross riders like they watch and see our stuff and go those guys are nuts like and they, and they, so they, do they um, genu- moto gp and f1 yeah, guys yeah yeah like there's a lot of genuine respect from other athletes you know but we just need to get that into mainstream yeah you just got to get that to the mainstream like dan ricardo and jack miller are huge advocates for supercross for example you know yeah jack miller grew up racing motocross yeah 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 yeah. so it's definitely there that's why we think the sport has all the ingredients it's just got to tell everyone about it really and we've all got to tell everyone about it. it's everyone's responsibility you know i think that's the thing is that people love to um you know it's all the promoter the promoter should do this or the mx nationals yeah. or kevy williams needs to do this we need it like it's all of our all of our job to promote the sport in a positive light yeah to get people behind it to get people excited about oh, it you know? and as corny as it sounds it's like everyone buying those tickets they're they're building the sport yeah, yeah they don't realize it but they're buying a 40 or 80 or, or some of the vip tickets 170 dollars tickets they're supporting the sport because mm. it's all going back in yeah know? totally yeah, yeah you're so right and that and like I sort of alluded to it before, but like, I mean, I come back and I was like, oh, I'm just going to do this podcast and fuck motocross and blah, blah, blah. And then it's like, it's, it's a loser's mentality. And like, I myself had a loser's mentality about the growth of the sport. And then it's like, no, like this, I fucking do love this shit. And it's like, it's, if, if it doesn't get bigger then it, and I haven't done my part and I still want to complain about it, then it's like, that's my fault. Yeah, you know? that's right. And it's like, we do all have a responsibility to, you know, put your best foot forward. And it's like, comment on something on faith, on Instagram with positivity, like yeah. something, share something. Yeah, go to an event, yeah. buy a ticket, share the live stream, you know. Totally, yeah, totally. buy someone's merchandise. Buy merch, may, for yeah, sure. 100%. Yeah, it's, it's, it's right. It's everyone's responsibility. Everyone wants to say oh we need this or we need that or why don't they do this and you know, the amount of times you said why don't you promote an mx nationals event yeah why don't you promote a supercross like we're open to it if you want to promote one. Oh, fuck no like yeah we, you know we would get emails like from people just going like had the classic email we had once was like a screenshot of anz stadium like sent to us to say you realize this venue's right next door to where you are <laughs> i'm like Thanks, dude. Yeah. Didn't fucking realize. <laughs> Can't believe it. There's a fucking stadium oh, right next door. Yeah, I said, Did you know there's a big stadium <laughs> right next to Kudos Bank Arena? And I wrote back to this dude, and, oh, actually, and he was saying, um, 
you know, why don't we go to, uh, you know, why don't you use the MCG? Like, why don't you go to the MCG? I said, hey, man, yeah, um, thanks it, for your email. Build it and they will come. Yeah, build it and they will come was the words. I said, Is hey, man, right? yeah, yeah, hey, man, really appreciate the note. If you're interested in working with us, we'd love to. It's going to cost about this much. Then we got to cover this and then we got to do that. But let us know if you can. He was like, oh, no, nah, man, no disrespect. Like, you know, I really, you yeah, know, and it's just like, that's the shit we need to stop. Yeah. Like, stop shooting down and, and, and assuming the worst. Like, assuming that we went to Kudos Arena because we didn't realize there was a big stadium next door. No, it was calculated. We went there because it was the right size. It had a roof. You know, it would protect us from the from the weather. And so, therefore, mainstream people would come because they're, they're not worried about the weather. It would it was sa- it was a safety net. Amazing atmosphere. All the things like we experienced in Bercy again, mm. you know. It, it brought because tight Bercy's racing. Not I a mean, big stadium. Nah. It's been there for 30 years. It was virtually it's like the same, same size. size. Yeah. yeah. But it also like, you know, Melbourne, you know, you're not like in comparison to Sydney, like literally you fucking like Chad used to call it the fishbowl. You were sitting right On above the, stadium, the fucking yeah. track. Like that was pretty unique. <laughs> yeah. You know? It's not going to be the same as that in Melbourne, obviously. But like, I think people will realize maybe Sydney was like, fuck yeah, Melbourne is sick, but you know, that was pretty cool, cool in Sydney. There, you know, yeah. we probably didn't really give it the fucking, you know, yeah. the credit that it deserves. Like it well, was- dude, I've been to every Supercross, every single stadium that is on the thing. And it's like, there's there's no like I don't I didn't leave Ozx open last year being like eh, not as good as it it's like it's fucking sick and it's like you have to take you have to take it for like exactly what what it is because yeah. yeah you're right like Vegas is massive open air stadium that track is huge but it's like I didn't feel the same like pulsing of of energy yeah. that you feel like because you are sitting there. so it's like mm. you know you give a little you take a little it's like you've got to take it for what it is and really appreciate and like the tunnel thing's super fucking cool like the fact yeah. that you have you know sand that goes into that and into the whoops it's like if you're a hardcore fan you can appreciate how technical it is to like come out of that sand in like a slight right hand bend and then go into like a greasy whoop section so it's like there's so much stuff that you can take out of it like it's very easy to just go oh fucking track's fucking tiny bro yeah it's like it's easy to be that guy but then yeah, it's like yeah, right. it's also sick as fuck to see how good some dude can be in such like a tricky yeah. section or yeah, yeah and, and it was it was a like it was a process you know like we had to go there because the sport wasn't ready to go to marvel stadium and nah. it's taken us now in our fifth year to go we're ready to do this because a like well the runs are on the board yeah the yeah. runs are more on the board we built a brand because it, there's you know three quarters of a million dollars in extra cost in Marvel Stadium not just cost extra cost like yeah. it's the, that we never had to pay for before we couldn't have done that like we would have we would have been all over year one if we tried to do that straight away so we've had to build up over time to get to that point and it's the same with the championship in general like it's a it's a it's a building process over time to build the audience and and, and have something sustainable and sustainable growth because we've seen like promoters over the years we've seen how many amazing no, promoters go, just go yeah. broke because they did so many that i remember super x they did an incredible job and they did seven or eight in, or supercross races week after week um at high, like high quality um you know rugby stadiums etc and they they all ate each other alive because they didn't have any interstate visitation and and the supply exceeded the demand and that's mm. that's what we we've been trying to manage and to go we couldn't just go marvel stadium year one we've had to build the demand over time and build the audience and get people 
knowing what Supercross is, get them keen, get them excited about it, and now we're ready to take that. Yeah, that and leap. Victorian government, man, they've got MotoGP, they've got F1, they've got Spring Carnival, they've got everything, oh, yeah, you know, tennis. tennis. Like It took a long time to convince them to, to give us, like, the backing and the support and the funding to help us do this event. You know what I mean? Like, it, it took a long time for them to go, hey, this is a unique international event, and we fucking love it. Let's let's put that in Melbourne too, amongst our thousands of events that we have, and you know MCG selling out, you know on average over fifty thousand people to AFL games. Like, do they really need Supercross? You know, like it yeah. takes a lot to get that government support, and without it, you know, you, it can't happen. Yeah, we it really has has had to build up over that time, and and um that's that journey is not something people realise. They it, no. it's very easy to say, why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? And it's like, mate, if you want to come and put your house on the line, like. Be, be my guest you know what I mean and then give it a crack at MCG and, and see how it goes but for us we've sort of been so you know I guess calculated and whilst there's obviously big risk like we've managed that over time and we wouldn't have come to Melbourne without support of Vic government and we needed that and and it's the same with Sydney we wouldn't have started in the first place without it so yeah um, and the same with Auckland without um, Auckland tourism events economic development like we yeah. wouldn't we, without that support we wouldn't be there so 100%. It, it's it's a big part of of the of the um the process and a big like link in the chain to have that government support to allow the events to be at the size and scale that we're trying to do it's crazy when you said before um like they think it's like crusty demons so like when we're in the states with jdr so like that year man like going to sponsorship meetings and fucking just trying everything and you know what we got oh like brian deegan <laughs> yeah. fucking swear to god bro like yeah that, that sentence it come out of you everybody's mouth oh brian diggan fucking no yeah mate we had a a md of a um corporate partner the other week say to us how are you going to do your event in melbourne when the crossy demons are here as an example do you know what i mean because that's all those like the older sort of managing director level of corporates they don't they don't know nitro circuits even they just call everything crusty demons they don't you know (laughs) what i mean it's the reality like it's hard yeah yeah and like even supercross that's a big education no one knows what fucking supercross is if mm. they're not hardcore you know yeah yeah. so even just us saying world champions of supercross on our marketing people are like what's supercross Mm. like they don't necessarily get it like it's a pretty big education process process. yeah and and that's what we're trying to do and that's what the investment in content is yeah it's trying to show people trying to tell the stories but the tv broadcast i mean we've we've spent oh god i don't know hundreds of thousands almost a million dollars on on tv broadcast over the years that we don't get paid for like that's straight out of the bottom line to try and show the world about the events so when you put it we've on spent, Fox, yeah, we've you spent, would pay to do that yeah You'd we've spent over a million dollars on tv production now mm. over the five years and that's just like buying the spots as no, well as paying for pay, yeah paying the for the production and then yeah to you no one's paying us to put broadcast you know it's not like the supercars you know getting 40 a million deal, a year yeah. to to broadcast you know that's not going to happen that's like you're fun. you're gonna be you're, crazy money, you're working dude. your ass off you know we're constantly working with you know fox sports have been an amazing supporter the whole time and even like a potential free-to-air partner at the moment i mean um because they're they're just like we could put mash 
a rerun of MASH and it'll rate better than Supercross. 100%. You know, and that's just... Hey, it's like, fuck, tier tier you know, like I it crushes you. They're like, <laughs> yeah, we don't sorry. care you spent 200 plus thousand dollars on that TV. We literally could just buy a rerun of MASH for 1500 bucks, put it on <laughs> and it'll rate better than your broadcast. And that's how they talk to you. Yeah. And, and that's crying. the reality. And you're like, you know, like, fuck, you know, can we take you out to dinner tomorrow night? You know, like, fuck, this is going to be a long yeah, grind. It's been know? a long process, but that's what, that's where... I mean, without that government support, you can't create that broadcast and the sponsorship and that we Tony have. And Tony Cochran, you know, yeah. endorsing it. Like, yeah. he's the visionary to go, you know, supercars, he bought it for $65,000 and it was just like really? maybe one race at Bathurst, it was like touring cars, it was a bit of a mess. He bought it for $65,000 and he's taken it to over all of those years to be then selling events at 200,000 plus people, you know, 15 round championship live on channel seven all around the country, you know, racing in Shanghai and fucking Bahrain and all the things that he did, you know, so a guy like that walks into the room and speaks to the TV execs and even they're going, Tony, 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 like it's, it's down, super mate. cross, mate, you know, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, you know, yeah. they tell him the mash story, you know, he is it, and he, but he's the one going, I believe in this, like I believed in that, you know, and that's, you need someone like that to do that. You You've know, got to have those runs on the board, awesome. which, which, yeah, you know, I think, he combines that with our passion and they see it in our eyes when we're talking about it because like we've been talking today and, and, and you're the exact same you believe in it so much that you can't fake it and they, they, when you know that resonates from people when, when you're talking to these people and they see how much we truly believe in this um, you know they get on board with the journey too but it is a long process we've got to invite them to come out you've got to show them like we've we had the Visit Victoria government uh, Visit um, yeah, Visit Victoria guys um, at the Sydney event two years ago you know to try and show them this and is what Marvel it's about as well. uh, yeah, yeah. And, and the guys from Marvel Stadium just to show them this is what it's about you know like we're constantly trying to invite people and show them and go this is Supercross and this is what what how cool it is and, and they're always leaving never not leaving thinking that was fucking cool but the more we get, we've all got to yeah. do that. You know, we need you to bring 20 of your mates and say, come along, man, if yeah, you're not into right. it. We need every rider to be going, telling all their friends and family, come along, come and watch me. Like it, not just our events, but all of the events. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like buy tickets, come, come check it out. And, um, and we can all promote like that because, and that's what builds momentum. You know, we've all got to do it. It's not just on us to sell tickets. Like every rider, these riders have 15, 20,000 followers and more. Obviously just Aussies I'm talking about. They can influence 15 20,000 people to come to events yeah, alone. Sure. Yeah, and it's 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 not just taking them there, it's getting them convinced to purchase and spend their own money on something they're not sure they want to go to, you yeah. know. And that's the other big that takes a lot of time, you know, cuz you're not oh yeah, I'll go. Have you got a free ticket, bro? Yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> No, that's, no, yeah. it's going to cost you 60 bucks. Oh fuck that. You know, like that's that's what we've got to work on too and build that up and that's why we need celebrity races and different different appeals for people to come along or amazing you know we're gonna, working so hard on having incredible entertainment and options for kids and families so even if they came and they watched an hour of the show they had such a sick afternoon and the kids loved it so much just like they love monster jam or something stuff, like yeah. that yeah. you know that they'll come back you know and the dad goes man that was pretty sweet that was a good afternoon at marvel stadium i left it's you know 7 30 maybe because the kid was tired but it but he'll come back because it was a amazing show mm. and he enjoyed it as well you know mm. there's like monster jam there's that many dads that go to that that just go this is boring as fuck yeah, yeah. you know but the kid drags He's me every it. year you know whereas this Fucking this event can be yeah truck. it can be the attraction for the kid and a kid has a fat, fat time but the dad actually goes fuck yeah has a couple of beers and yeah. enjoys it that's the ultimate you know yeah 
for the all ages appeal. And that's that. That's really what the goal is. Because if you've got all those things, peripheral things that kids and wives and girlfriends will enjoy, then keep them happy. Because yeah. then, then you know the hardcore fan, the hardcore fan's always going to love it. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah, they're into yeah, it like exactly, we are. Yeah. But you've got to get those others to love it so much, regardless that they'll tell everyone. You know, you got to come and check this out. It was cool. And like, I hear from people this year that are, that I would never would have thought we've come to events, and I've met people that have come to our events that I would never would have thought would go and bought a ticket. You know what I mean? Like mates from school or not even mates from school or chicks that, you know, I went to school with that I don't really know that well, mm. but they came, you know, and I've got friends from Perth that are coming or whatever that have never been to a Supercross before, but they've just heard that this is going to be sick and so we'll come, you know, mm. like there's, that's what we got to keep. Yeah, keep that word of mouth, you can't just create that, uh, like, you know, social media, you can do so much, you can put sick content on and everything like that, but that genuine sort of word of mouth, both, the American industry and uh, you know our, our riders sort of endorsing us like they are over there is making such a big difference but then it's like you know the rockstar energies and the monster energies of the world sort of saying that over in America and starting to to believe in the events over here so you know like we need all those energy drinks and all the major yeah. brands associated with the teams all the manufacturers going you know what let's let's go out there or let's build it into the contract that they race over there or let's bonus the riders if they win yeah, the open even oceana championship yeah. and things like that you know like that's all starting to happen you know and and then with yeah your example of the the riders from and and competitors from other sports just going fuck that sounds pretty good you know yeah. like that's that's what we're obviously working hard on um, are you doing the Supercross live thing on TV this year? No, it'll be online, so it's and online then still. we will potentially like we'll probably just do shorter segments and make it online to so make it free for everyone, and yep. then we might do longer form, you know, early next year when we have downtime, you know, give it to Fox or give it to, you know, a free to air broadcast to try and just replay it somewhere yeah, and yep. give it out. But we um, we'd like to just get it online, get it in short, you know, form content that it's not limited by time or anything and and just get it out there as soon as we possibly can turn it around mm -hmm. so there's you know hopefully you know 5 10 15 you know little segments and episodes as opposed to just trying to do two or three longer form episodes which we have in the past and that that just takes too long too mm. much time and we provide content to like a rpm for example and other news outlets yeah, we provide yeah. them content for broadcast to be yeah. like here's this package piece you know and and if it's of interest to them which it will be then um that's how we'll get the 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 tv time you know to try and get it in the short the short sort of bite-sized pieces that get people watching yeah just like the news mm. cuts sort of stuff yeah. we'll put it on ko we put our last year's um broadcast oh, on yeah. ko's for, for example so things like that how are they to work with they seem fox like and ko i mean they're great supporters of us both both ame and and supercars life and and our broadcasts have been with us since 2016 um you know i think overall they support sport more than anyone you know that's their foundations right yeah, ko yeah. is all about that too but you know it's an interesting landscape for them you know they're not going to pay rights for it but they help us with marketing and work with us on giving us some free promotion and, and advertising and stuff which is awesome you know but i think with fox as well as now ko you're getting more eyeballs yeah, so the yeah. appeal on there is better now you know and you can watch the race the next day i think that's the best thing about ko is if you missed it or if it's american sport or americans you know watching over here or whatever now we can do on demand yeah, on and demand catch up is, is a big deal for sport too most people watch it live but some will catch up if they missed it or they want to watch it in their car as opposed to on tv mm. or whatever you know what i mean yeah that whole whole landscape as you know has changed, which is why podcasts are great because 
great content i'll pick when i watch it or listen to it you know what i mean like um and that's exactly what what this is all about is just trying to put keep putting it out there and people can watch it when they want you know yeah. like we've got you know guys at work for us that don't even have a tv they yeah, don't know we're, we're the same yeah mm. we don't just, we've just got apple tv up there and we've got a couple of like subscriptions for like netflix and mm. all that shit and that's it that's it mm. so yeah. so we've just got a which is another opportunity for us not a threat exactly. it's an opportunity for us because this sport speaks to people you know it's perfect for for phones and, and ipads and you know and online so that's where our opportunities compared to traditional sports which have such an aging demo like our strength in supercross is it's one of the youngest demos in sport we're younger and wealthier than like a supercars fan for example yeah in, in all our research um and it's because and and the way that they absorb the content is is online and digital and that's that's compared to other sports where it's um much older demos you know they've, they've got the 50 on 50 year old dialed because they're the ones that still watch the tv but brands need to get to younger people yeah. and that's where the struggle is which is where this sport is strong so yeah, for totally. us for us as teams writers events you know podcasts everything it's like we can get to your audience the audience that no one else in a way that no one else can and that's what yeah. we got to focus yeah on. it's like comparing to test cricket you know they're, yeah, they're like an amazing sure. tv audience but they're all 50 years plus we have barely any fans virtually past 55 years of age but we have 73 percent between 18 and 44 years of age yeah you know which test cricket doesn't you know who's you know if you see test cricket it's because it's on the pub or it's in the background and you just check the score or whatever (laughs) and you're you're asleep you know what i mean they're not they're not getting the digital reach and the audience engagement like like we are but we're we're not going to get the tv audience like they do but let's not shy away from that because it's not just about tv audience any fucking more you know that's right oh your mic bloody went out again Uh, maybe th- just check that one on the uh, floor. Is that boring, you guys? Yeah, we're done. We're done. <laughs> it's like, damn. Yeah. Is that, you good? You're on? Yep. Yeah. You're on? Yeah. Um, I'm did, not. Uh, was for a second. Just oh, okay. oh, there you go. Oh, yeah. We're back. Yeah, it must be that little feel there. Fucking dodgy gypsy tail shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, did, what, did we, we had some talking points that we wanted to cover. I think, was, have we pretty much hit them all? Yeah, I, I think so. so. Just want, I just want to double check because I'm uh, very appreciative of you guys' time. No, yes, I am. Um, we could talk shit all day, let's be I honest. Yeah, did, I hope did, it did hasn't been too long. Did, no, no, no. Did you guys have a time that you had to be out of here? Um, nah, like if we if we just go from... What time is it now? One thirty. Yeah, if we just go from here to that, that Castro meeting. Which is at what time? 2.30. Uh, Oh, we probably get like another half hour of stuff here. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I think we've covered heaps of shit. It's been, it's just so interesting to, like, I hope this puts into perspective for people, like, just how big a deal it is. Like, and I mean, that's what, that's why I think New Zealand is one of the coolest nights I've had, is because like I, it was so evident seeing how much was on the line for you guys. Like, if that mm. event got rained out, you just what fucked mm. like big time fucked and yeah. it's like to put to put your balls on the line like obviously let's not like beat around the bush and it's like not like you're not going to make money it's like if the event works you make heaps of money mm. if the event doesn't you, you fuck yeah and it's like it's sketchy to 
to do that and like that's business and that's cool but i think that when you it's just not that cut and dry with you guys it, there is like a massive level of passion and it's like to take on something so big that has like not worked in australia for so long yeah you know it's like the you guys put so much on the line to like make this stuff happen yeah thanks jason i think the other thing you know which probably hasn't been spoken about much is that ozx open alone if that's all we did we wouldn't survive either so it's not just making money off that event if you know what i mean like ame our agency is is predominantly propping up all of our time and our staff and and the ability to do all the commercials all the content all the social media and everything that we do for the event that makes it sell tickets is because we've got like the agency yeah, and all the yeah. other clients funding the guys wages to do that you know so it's a really big collaboration and new zealand last year was a classic example as soon as it rained not only was obviously you know we were absolutely shitting ourselves as you say because it could just be all over and it's not just that year it means you're never coming back no yeah. one's no one's gonna hold an event we're not gonna hold an event there and no kiwi's gonna go to an event after they've just watched a complete rain out or across with no bikes getting off the ground cancelled yeah. you know total money we were always fearful of that and still that's had a, a bit of an impact in that market you know because they know of that experience which was a real shame because the event over there could be incredible mm. if it's dry which we really hopefully um, believe it will be this year but um yeah like oh, i forgot what i was going to say there maybe you chime in <laughs> oh well i, I was going to say I, I think that um you know the the people probably well they definitely don't realize and you don't expect them it's not that no one else's job but ours to know the numbers or to know yeah, how risky yeah. it is or to know all those things and we are you know we're not um, cowboys like we certainly weigh it up and we're certainly cautious and we certainly do everything in our power to minimize the risk and you know like um but you know sponsorship is one of our strengths and and as is the content which is linked back to the sponsorship and without that we're absolutely done like you, you can't do it without the support of the sponsors like like yourself that's yeah, just a yeah. fact like it's a 100 fact that that um you know people love to to count 20,000 people and then go oh they're about 100 bucks each that's 2 million bucks those guys made yeah. 2 million bucks tonight it's like yeah dick it, fucking nothing cost anything like we yeah, ran this yeah. whole thing for free 2. <laughs> yeah. it cost 2.2 you yeah, know what I mean like yeah. or, or more and people just do those sums and it's like anything you know you just um, you can't expect people to know or get that but I think what we what you want people to to have is more the positive outlook and understand yeah. the investment that goes in the risk that goes in I mean it when it rained in new zealand and it did and the event luckily was awesome i mean yeah. not luckily but it was awesome our, our team worked their fucking ass off to, to dry the track and yeah and make it like it was but that was a hundred thousand dollars yeah. worth of rain so, you know yeah. that cost an extra hundred thousand that we didn't know was going to happen you know so that's the fact and that's the way it goes it could have been a lot worse so we're at, we're not devastated about it because it could have been like you said a shitload worse luckily yeah. The weather did stop because that's luck. But um, our our crew had covered the track where they could, drain the water where they could. They worked their absolute asses off to make it what it was. Um, but that's the way it, it can swing, and that's why events is not for everyone. You know, like it it, it is risky business, and it, it like so much is out of your control at times as well, and things can happen. Um, so you know, like I guess you just want people to to maybe jump off the hate bandwagon a little bit at times because that because that's when it hurts you when you're like deep in it and you're taking huge risks and you're pouring every dollar you've got back into the sport or to into content or you know into the things that we're trying to build the the pie then you know when people are just like firing things at you sometimes you're like dude like really like you're really going to attack us about this or attack us about that and i remember year one when um 
James Stewart was pulled out. Oh, it was the yeah. most heartbreaking thing of all yeah. time. And we were getting like abused and like called um, rip-off merchants and all this stuff. And I was like, no one is more devastated than yeah, what we are. We want this we, bad. We are devastated. Like this is our livelihood. We've poured everything into this, you know, and he's just decided he's not coming now. How do you think we feel? But instead, due to social media and this, you know, everyone can be a victim of it at times. People just bash you. And you're just like, mate, do you really think that we're... You yeah. know, how do you think we feel about it, you know? Yeah, like we've it. had a lot of, like, bad luck, really, when you think with those events. So, I don't think there's been like a year Bilo, for Ozx Open where there's been riders that haven't pulled out due to injury or other reasons. You know, I mean, and fortunately for us, like, the way they embraced Cooper Webb that year as a replacement, you know, and really got behind him and then got behind Chad, it was lucky that, you know, the fans really sort of were aware and understanding in that sense. You yeah. know, like, there is obviously those haters, but the majority get it majority mm. get the, their injuries and when that stuff happened with rb last year like people understand yeah, and they no still show up and RB. they still have amazing time and you know like i think that's the biggest thing is the understanding the fans have they're just we would like them to know that obviously going to the events is what's making the events what they are do you mm. know what i mean and we will continue to keep investing back in them and keep investing in the best riders coming out but their dollar is helping do that if you know what I mean yeah, and, and that we're and that we're the same as them like we're fans like big yeah. time we didn't if we and like if we did 41 yo. <laughs> <laughs> if we didn't have the passion we wouldn't be doing it because yeah. there's way easier and less hard work and way safer ways to make a dollar um, and it's like anything in working in this industry that there is easier ways to make money as in easier but if you love something then it's not like work you know? yeah I was going to say like so, you just don't yeah. you know because the hours you guys put into it it's like you've got to be nah, super passionate it doesn't add yeah. up if you did it that way and you worked it out on hours and an hourly rate then you'd probably you know and same goes for all the guys that work at Amy like they work their asses off and their yeah. content you know the quality of the content is all because of their hard work and, and their passion for it you know they want supercross content to be better than anything we produce which is fair enough because they feel as passionate about supercross as we do mm-hmm. and and i think that shows in the yeah the content that comes out that they're producing all the yeah. time which and is incredible and and you know broader than just the content guys but all the social media yeah, and yeah. all the all the guys that work for us in operations as well you know the quality and professionalism of the events we owe it to all the guys who work with us that bust their ass yeah, and totally. care about it as much as we do yeah totally oh we've you know, the people have been in some pretty challenging situations over the years, you know, working hard and, and girls, guys, everything like really in the trenches, you know, and sometimes like those are the times that you form such great bonds yeah, with people yeah. because they gather around and they help and like, you know, like they want it as much as what we do. And I think that's the thing is, is that everyone that is involved loves it as much as the fans do. We're all fans first and foremost. Like we, we all love the sport or else you wouldn't be doing it. Yeah. So that's the thing I think people, you know, we're not, we're not promoters that come in to sort of make bulk cash and get out of here and just like drain the sport for everything it's worth and go. Like we're here because we love it. We want to see it grow. We want, we have so much respect for the athletes because we know how hard they work and how hard it is. Um, and we want to see the whole thing grow and flourish and really just for it to get the attention that it deserves because because as you know like these guys are, are amazing the sport's amazing we feel like they deserve to get more than what they currently totally do. and we we want to see them succeed in in the world championship as well you know mm. where no one's following them any closer or harder than we are you know and seeing you know seeing hunter lawrence do well i mean seeing chad you know do as well as he is and seeing the other aussie guys like dean ferris do well in the motocross you know mm. we're we're 
as supportive as anyone, you know, to see them do well. And the more we continue to build these events and build legitimacy of Supercross and build, you know, test tracks and practice tracks and continue building the sport, the more growth for Australian riders to go over and, and do well in the world championship. And that's obviously, you know, your 10 year vision. That's yeah, yeah. the end goal that we're seeing is this international championship that people want to do legitimately, you know, as a prelude to the world championship. And we're totally okay with that. that mm. That's awesome for Australia, New Zealand and potentially other, you know, cities or countries in, in the future, perhaps. Mm. And yeah. look, and look at um, what supercars, as a domestic series how big it is you know and that was because of what tony created like you can build the characters and build interest and build excitement bathurst obviously being the biggest one we believe that like this sport can grow a lot in this country and it has a long way to go um and that the opportunity is there because of those things we spoke about it is cooler than supercars i think it's a better entertainment spectacle so if we can convince those fans to come on over and, and check it out and have the same passion like they do that are wearing the same you know holding racing team shirt yeah. that they got 10 years ago yeah that, and the event awesome. experience in our opinion is better because of, of what we've talked about but yeah, you know you can see it all there you can see it live you can still meet the athletes as well you know every ticket holder can get a autograph signing you know it's it's what we're working on is just as much access as possible to the guys you know like from effectively 12 o'clock during the day on saturday you know it's if you really want to go at 12 o'clock you've got 10 hours of just fucking super gross yeah, nuts. <laughs> yeah, <just laughs> frothing. and we'll do everything we can possibly to have you fed you know have as many beers as you want but also keep you entertained for that whole time that's that's our ultimate goal but also some people might rock up five to six and have four hours or some families might go four till seven thirty we're okay with that too yeah. so we want to have a bit of appeal broadly for everyone that might have you know their kids you know footy or whatever during the day and then they're coming to the event at night or whatever you know mm. there's no big compliment and hopefully that's where we get we have sold like a lot of merchandise at our events before but there's no greater compliment than when you go somewhere not connected and then you and see then you someone see wearing match. it you yeah. know that's yeah. sick because it means someone like i think the biggest compliment you can ever have if someone was to wear your brand because yeah. it's like if you wear something it totally means agree. it means oh, i think this is cool and it, you know, no one wears anything thinking it looks shit or that yeah. it's shit you know what mm. I mean so like it's the biggest compliment ever if, you, if someone's going to wear your brand so that's the thing that really gives you the kick if people come along and mm. they'll, they'll they buy the merchandise they wear it they are seen by their friends and their circles and everywhere else you know wearing it people ask what's that all about you know um, people like we sell a lot of team merch like people buy CDR merch they buy KDM team merch Honda team merch at all of our, all of our events and they're wearing it somewhere and you know they're being seen by other people wearing it that aren't aren't necessarily aren't necessarily fans yeah 100%. and that's just you know just got to keep yeah, on spreading, yeah. spreading the, and spreading and the you know bring in these commercial partners i mean boost mobile a classic example you know that have been associated with our event for years now but they're they're trying to take you know chad reed and supercross and broaden the appeal yeah. and they're targeting a young audience like we are and we've got amazing commercial partners that are really getting behind us because they can attract these younger audiences and our audience has more like sponsor recall than than most sports in the country would have you know they're very aware of the brands and they're very supportive and passionate about mm. who's involved because they understand they're supporting this event and they're making it happen just as much as the the person buying the ticket you know mm. so it's amazing that we've got you know like the amazing realm of sponsors that we have and led obviously by monster energy of Bactus, you know and being a naming partner that um, they're making it happen just as much as anyone. Mm. And that, that, it's a good uh, opportunity and our sport is a great opportunity and, and why the education thing is so important is because 
they're young and savvy and, and a lot smarter than what people realize. Oh, our fans, are, they're super dude. savvy. They switched yeah. on and smart. And like we said, even in our research, they're wealthier than some Supercars fans. So our fans and Supercars fa- fans aren't bogans. And that's what we've got to change that perception. You yeah. know, um, there's bogans everywhere in some form, you know, or whatever. But our fans in general are very savvy. They're switched on, which is, means they're all, we can't bullshit to them. They're yeah. all over it. Like, oh, we dude, have to I be to- genuine. I totally agree. Like I see that with the, like the podcast stuff all the time. Yeah. yeah. Like all the messages I get, it's like fucking architects and you know yeah. what I mean? Like all these people. And, and even with like the, the advertising stuff that we do with this, it's like, that's why I don't have many sponsors. Like no. I turn down sponsors all the time because I'm like, I can't fucking tell these. Yeah. Like these people know me. Like yeah. they listen yeah. to me a yeah. lot. Like I can't. Authentic. T- well, yeah. Like I can't well, tell the, them yeah, something. Yeah. The Nobby guys funded you to go to New Zealand, and it was like authentic reasoning from them too. You know. Yeah. And it was a huge success. You know, both Australia and New Zealand, and now they're obviously back, and and they're great partners of ours too. But you like you want it for the right reasons. For you sure, know? dude. Which, All of our brands are strong partners. Yeah. The same with you and like in Boost and, and Nobby, like. You want brands that fit your brand, and they're going to convey the same message, yeah. and and um and that's the other thing that helps us all, you know, legitimise what we're doing. Because if you just had shit house brands that you're just trying to do, you know, cash grab here or there, or desperate to get whatever, it lowers the value of, yeah, of everything sure. you're doing. And the, and it's and it's right. Like I've definitely gone through the process of like having to turn down money because I'm like. I know that people that watch this show religiously, like people are so switched on, dude. Like the messages that I get of like, oh, when you said this, I'm like, that was fucking two hours and 45 minutes deep into like (laughs) just a shit talk. And it's like people know, like people listen, they, they know what's going on or like I'll get a message about something that's like vaguely related to something that was said like weeks ago. It's like, you just can't fucking like where, and I, I, I tell people, like I tell advertisers, like our generation, like our age, we've been marketed to our entire lives. Yeah. Like our parents, it's like, they were sort of marketed to in a way, like the Marlborough man, like that was like, that was stone age marketing. Yeah. It's like the marketing now that we have. Uh, that we've experienced through our life is fucking hectic. And the yeah. kids now, like the kids are more aware of it than even anyone else. Mm. You know, they're all over. They're used to closing the sponsor before they watch the kids' YouTube channel. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like it's fucking crazy. Instagram, yeah. think at the moment, it's like 25% of what you see, every fourth post is a fucking ad or a sponsored post. Yeah. It's like, that's a lot of fucking advertising. That's 25% of just what you're looking at on your phone is ads. And like, there's people that are looking at that shit for like yeah. four hours well, a day. We, we went to Instagram at the <laughs> start, real. remember, because it was like, oh, for fuck advertising on Facebook. We'll go to Instagram. It's just all photos and images. It's now more advertising, I think, than anything. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And people are, uh, and kids and younger audience not just kids hate being advertised to yeah. so you have to be authentic oh, like the, dude, if you, the sure. moment you're trying to sell a millennial or younger something they're like fuck you you don't sell me anything and, like they hate they hate the used car salesman approach that will come in and yeah. go hey man you look like you need a car I'm here to help you they're like fuck off dude yeah. like I know what I want I don't need you I'm telling me what, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need you telling I don't need you telling me what I'm gonna do you know and that's we have to treat them that way they're smart 
that you can't just you know falsely just make up some shit and think you'll suck them into to buying something from you because that's just not the way the world works now no it's so fucking true well hey i'll uh, let you guys get to this meeting i'm really really glad that we made this happen uh i'm your biggest fan oh, thanks, uh, mate. and i love the events i'll be there with the podcast again at sydney this year and again at auckland melbourne yeah otherwise you'll uh, miss out what's the date November 30 in Melbourne November 16 in uh, Auckland yeah sweet so I'll be at both of those in Melbourne fucking Sydney Um, yeah so thanks very much for coming on I I hope people um, yeah I know you guys aren't after people be like oh fuck these guys work so hard (laughs) no 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 no, no, I know that's not what you're chasing but I, I personally think it's cool to like give people some perspective and it's like yeah five like half a million dollars just to like pay dudes to come here it's yeah like, that's right you know so it's like i want to give people that perspective because i know from talking to you guys that how much goes into it but i just think to give the average uh listener or the person that is going to attend the um you know your races it's like I wanted to know what a fucking spectacle it really is just to make something like this happen. And it's coming from a couple of young dudes and a guy that still has his fucking race number in his <laughs> yeah. Instagram handle. You know what I mean? Like, that's I need to do something cool with my life so I can put that into the Instagram handle. <laughs> but it's like, but that's the fucking, that's like what it is. You yeah. Know what I mean? Oh, like, well, there's an Adam Bailey without a number that somewhere someone's on Instagram. Someone's taken it. Whoever that dude and is, Ryan is Sanderson, give, me, give me the handle num- back. Number eight. <laughs> uh, yeah, you've got yours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go-kart number. We're still living in the past. Past, mate we still love it too yeah. oh, we're still races deep down i never got a cool number so that's why i never did i was fucking too slow to get a good i don't number. even think they were, i think someone got 82 so i had to run with eight which i ran with like one year so <laughs> that's so <fucking laughs> well that's the other thing too is that hopefully after this when people are at marvel stadium and they see the supports in the car park they know what went into it and maybe they'll yeah. someone will help us water the grass the week after or something because we're trying to recover it as quickly as possible <laughs> yeah and i think also you know huge thanks to everyone that travels so fucking far yeah, yeah dude, they probably it. don't realize it themselves but you know they're spraying a lot of money on accommodation and taxis and and flights and everything that we don't obviously get any revenue from but just to show up and be there which mm. is incredible yeah, you know the passion we love we love that passion without those traveling you know over 30 percent coming from outside of the state you know the government wouldn't get behind it either so it all comes back around it's pretty phenomenal yeah by them traveling they literally are making the event possible because without the travel without the interstate visitors there's no government support without the government support it's not possible to do it at that level so they are literally making yeah. the biggest difference those yeah. people that are that are traveling to do that well without that government money you wouldn't have the the international riders right and you just some you like everything else you know so Oh, sweet boys well yeah i'm excited for melbourne uh november 30 and then uh auckland on november 16 so uh people can get tickets they've all uh been on sale so Ticketmaster, yeah, Ticketmaster yep, yeah for both of them yeah um and then yeah i am excited to see you guys there and uh anyone else that's listening i'll be uh yeah keen to, keen to see everyone there thanks jace appreciate, appreciate, appreciate it thank that. you no dramas boys cheers mate sweet guys we fucking did it thanks thanks bro. man we'll just add a little end All right, yeah, thank you uh, once again to uh, Bailey and Sando, two, um, yeah, just awesome dudes, really good friends of mine, um, really good guys, and amazing for the sport of Supercross and Motocross in Australia. Um, thank you to all of our sponsors for making it happen. Uh, also, just a reminder that you can head to our Instagram at Gypsy Tales Podcast and follow the link in our bio. Uh, we still have a few pairs of our limited edition fist gloves uh, collab 
there and if you want you can also buy t-shirts um head over to our youtube channel as well uh give us a uh subscribe on there if possible that definitely helps out and um yeah we try and make sure that we have all of the uh video versions of the podcast live on youtube sort of as they happen on itunes as well thank you very much for the support um the support of the gypsy gang has been yeah incredible over the last uh last few months it's definitely going from strength to strength and it's been uh really fun bringing you these also just got to give a quick shout out to my man mick as well uh he puts in so much effort um to help bring you these podcasts uh, just as much as i do so thank you very much mick i really appreciate it bro um and we'll be back uh with more podcasts this week you this episode is brought to you in part by purina Purina is dedicated to creating richer lives for pets and the people who love them. From helping older pets think like their younger selves to making cat ownership a possibility for more people than ever, Purina is helping pets thrive so they can live long, healthy, and happy lives. Purina has you covered for all your furry friends' needs, whether they meow or bark. From litter to treats to their best-in-class, nutrient-packed food with taste your pets will love, Purina's got your back at every stage of your pet's life. Your pet gives you the joy of the spring sunshine all year round. So today and every day, care for your pet with Purina. Your pet is Purina's passion. To learn more, head to amazon.com backslash Purina.